from Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes, almost seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Well, look what we had to do. We had to go all the way to the United Kingdom to figure out, to find out that President Biden did, in fact, talk about business dealings with his son hunter now you know my position from the beginning Uh, i've given biden credit i think that he is a loving great dad maybe he's not a great dad but he's an absolutely loving dad i don't know that you know that i know enough to talk about his parenting skills but there's no doubt in my mind he genuinely unconditionally loves his family and and there's always been that incredible closeness, which is beautiful. So when I give you that, then you've got to give me this. You can't say that you're a good dad, you're close with your family, you're, you love your children, but that you never talk to your son about any of these business dealings that you yourself are neck deep in. So they've maintained that. The press secretaries have parroted it. Biden has repeatedly said he never talked with his son. He's never met any of the people. Now there's photographs. There's video. Now there is an actual audio call, an audio tape. And this is on, I'll tell you, this Hunter Biden laptop, the laptop from hell, to quote Miranda Devine. This is, it's not a gift that keeps giving. I mean, it, it is a treasure trove of incriminating evidence. And I think in many cases, criminal corroboration. So the voicemail exists. It's Joe Biden leaving a message for his son. He's actually, there's a lot of things about this that, show you this unholy relationship with the Democrat media and the Democrats that they love because he knew an article was coming out about his son before it came out. He's talking about this article that's going to be released. It's going to be printed tomorrow. He says, it's good. I think you're clear. And anyway, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. So I guess they do talk about the business, don't they? But honestly, I mean, even a sycophant, partisan Democrat, you know that it was impossible to believe this story, that he never talked to his son about any of this. There was another uh, report, and I think he had to go to the United Kingdom to get this one as well, where Biden paid something like $100,000 of Hunter's bills, including prostitutes and things like that. Would they have done this Biden syndicate compromising the Secret Service, 
all kinds of just terrible things. I mean, why aren't there hearings about all this stuff? Oh, today is secret squirrel day. Oh, we've got a new secret witness. We're supposed to be away for two weeks, but no, we can't. We got to have hearings today, too. I'm just so sick of these people. I hope you don't watch any of it. I don't. And you watch. They think, oh, they think this is just so big that it's going to it's going to change the way the American people vote. No, it won't. It's going to be long forgotten. And I guess to forget something, you have to remember it in the first place, at least at some point. I don't even know that it will be remembered. So I won't say it's forgotten. Nobody cares. It's not going to change anything. I'll tell you something to keep an eye on, though. Uh, Democrat judges around the country, they're going bananas right now. They're they're in my estimation. I'm not a lawyer, but the Supreme Court, that's it. The Supreme Court ruled on the issue of abortion. Now you have these judges that are ordering states to allow abortions. And the first thing that crosses my mind, regardless of whether you are for this or against it, is who does that, to quote Jack Cittarelli? Who says that? How do they do that? Because they say they're doing it for two weeks or for some certain period. They say it will be disruptive if, well, the Supreme Court ruled on this. This is now a state's rights issue. And that's been very much lost in the politics of all of this as the Democrats try to raise money and change the the mood and change how Americans will vote. They're really something, aren't they? When they when kids are shot, they raise money, Uh, abortion ruling, they raise money. I mean, it's it's what they do. They're completely disgusting. and, And just unseemly. And still the leaker of this remains unidentified. Now, if you had all the resources that they have where they can put people on a polygraph, they can take your phones. Look, they took Donald Trump's attorney's phone. How do they do that? The FBI. They tell Hillary Clinton, yeah, yeah, just mail us all those um, laptops and things. You know, just, yeah, just send them in the mail when you get a chance. Oh, you never got them. Oh, oh, what happened? I don't know. But they're going after Donald Trump's attorney and taking his phone. I think it's really time, if you haven't been doing so, to pay attention to how incredibly criminal, heavy-handed that this regime is. How do they take an attorney's cell phone from them? Because they can? They just do it? I don't think there's anything constitutional about that. But it's so interesting, though. My gosh, look at the budget that's been spent and no stone is left unturned and and hearings and all this money and all of this for the January 6th. But here you have a Supreme Court decision leaked on purpose months early. It's not like somebody slipped or made a mistake. The goal here is criminal in nature. It was to change a decision 
that the Supreme Court was prepared to make. Think about that. That's the only reason to leak it. And then, of course, the Democrats fundraised off of that. And they told people to go to these people's houses. What would that be for? To, to wish them to wish them well, to wish them a long life. They print, they doxed them, they printed their addresses, and they they almost got one of them killed. Where are those hearings? I, I'd like to watch those hearings. If you gave me a budget, I could find out that leaker in in probably less than two weeks. Maybe in, in, in a couple of days. They haven't tried, is the truth. They don't want to know. They just want you to forget. But the problem with that is, if nothing happens here, you're going to see more of that. You don't get, it's just not a one-off. You don't, you don't, that's not the way it works. It becomes, unfortunately, the standard operating procedure. Something that's never happened in hundreds of years now will become something that will happen anytime that there's an issue where they want to have a shot at turning around something. Because what's, what do they have to lose? They don't care. It, it, if it's decided and it's ready to happen, they figure, why not take this shot? And if we don't win, at least we get a big issue out there and we try to, to, to help our vote totals in whatever the next election that would be coming up would be. Just thought it's interesting to note the decision is now out. They didn't change their decision, although it's not getting enough publicity. John Roberts tried. Boy, he's bad. This guy is bad news. He desperately tried to craft some milky toast compromise thing like he did with Obamacare. Fortunately, the conservatives on the court said, no thanks. No thanks, John. And the Democrats on the court, ditto. They wanted nothing to do with it. Roberts was all alone. In case you haven't figured it out yet or haven't thought about it, it's not the Roberts court. He's lost the court. In my estimation right now, it's a five to four conservative court and John Roberts in his own own category. It's not you've got five conservatives, you've got John Roberts, and you have three Democrats. So it's 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 in the realm of of about five, three, one. And honestly, in some cases, it's really four, three, one, one. It's 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 not a six three conservative court, even though the last several rulings have been six to three. Roberts just didn't want to be on the losing side. He tried to make that decision very different than how it turned out. He joined it, but didn't want to. We'll be back. Don't go away. It's 18 minutes past the hour. I am Hurley in the morning. Here's our Fox News commentary.
Fox News commentary. The Supreme Court is on a roll this summer. The High Court's latest ruling is yet another win for the First Amendment and religious freedom. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. Big news. Greta Van Susteren is back. And she's on Newsmax. Tune into Newsmax at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight to watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren and get the real news. Plus, check out the new lineup of Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, and more. Newsmax is on all major cable and streaming platforms. If your cable system doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and demand it. And download the free Newsmax app on your phone. Make the switch to Newsmax today. Former high school football coach was fired and wrongfully for praying on the field after games, but yesterday the Supreme Court ruled in his favor. The 6-3 majority ruled his post-game praying was private speech and did not breach the separation of church and state, and I agree. Coach Kennedy prayed to the 50-yard line after games. He didn't compel the team to take part. His personal moment of prayer didn't signal the school's endorsement of Christianity or any religion for that matter. And ironically, the leftists upset with this decision don't want prayer in school, but are perfectly fine with administrators, teachers, and their curriculum pushing the gender identity agenda on kindergartners? Imagine that. Something tells me if Coach Kennedy were kneeling for BLM, the school and the Democrats would have not only allowed it, but celebrated it. Well, too bad. Liberty wins yet again. I'm Tommy Lahren, and you can listen to all of my hot takes at Fox News Commentary. 9-8. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, present 21 minutes past the hour. It is early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Tell a friend. Well, a couple things to think about because, oh, I don't know, 15 or 20 years ago, I made the comment that uh, Democrats would make a big push for non-citizens to be able to vote. I even it was and I really no no credit, please. No, no, no flower petals or any type of uh, fireworks or fanfare. This stuff is easy. All you have to do is know who you're talking about and you know what they're going to do. It's so easy. It's so predictable. And I remember, oh, my gosh, you don't know the grief I took when I first made that statement that Democrats want illegals, non-citizens. It's right in the Constitution. In order to vote, you must be a citizen. They don't care. They are criminals. They don't care. You have to understand that. So I got called all kinds of names, including liar. And it's already happened. Illegals vote in California. Oh, it's only fair. Uh, you have to be able to vote in school board elections. It's only fair. Then it's, uh, oh, it's only fair. You have to be able to vote in council and mayor races. And it's only fair. You have to be able to vote in the, in the county level and the state level. And then, of course, the goal is to be voting for the congressional and the uh, presidential elections because they realize that they keep giving illegals rights they're not entitled to. So illegals are Democrats, monolithically so. Make no mistake about it, with rare example, with rare exceptions. Hispanic voters are dramatically trending Republican, but illegals just over the top 90 high percentile are Democrats. So New York was trying to permit more than this New York City, not just New York State, just New York City. They wanted to permit 
more than 800,000 illegals, 800,000 to be able to vote in local elections. Fortunately, a New York City court yesterday struck it all down. And don't think there aren't crazy Democrat judges out there that would honor this kind of thing. But does anything matter anymore? Does election integrity, does the rule of law, does does anything matter? Or just Democrats winning, no matter what it takes, all vote by mail elections, no matter what you need to do, as long as Democrats win, then things are the way they're supposed to be. Do you know the Republican National Committee, others joined in as well, had to sue Democrat Mayor Eric Adams, the New York City Council, the New York City Board of Elections. They were illegally allowing non-citizens to vote. This is incredible. And of course, long predicted on this program. The challengers, basically the RNC, won all three of its claims. The court ruled that the law violated the state constitution, which requires voters to be citizens. How about that? Isn't that pesky and persistent and unfortunate? And also the New York election statutes it violated, and it violated the, um, the state and the municipal what's called home rule law. But it's a radical scheme. It passed by the New York Democrats. They wanted to allow illegals to be able to vote and decide American elections. It's a blatant attack on our election integrity. It violates the Constitution, both the state Constitution and the United States Constitution. And they tried to get away with it. Let me tell you another story that caught my eye that's getting... No coverage whatsoever. Planned Parenthood clinics are presently closing all over the country. So I, I, I looked into that and I thought, well, okay, this decision, right, it puts them out of business. So it just seemed natural, right? But then I went back and looked into the fact that Planned Parenthood has long maintained that abortions only account for 3% of their business. So why would they be closing? What business do you know that would fold that's keeping 97% share? So obviously, abortions are more than 3% of their business, which probably means I can't prove it, but my opinion is that probably means They've been lying all these years. They want to make it look like, oh, my gosh, we're Planned Parenthood. No, no, we have clinics. I mean, we do teaching. We do counseling. We do, we do all of these things. And, and really, abortions, I mean, that's only 3%. 97% of every waking moment, we're doing something else. But the ruling comes down, and they're shutting these clinics down all over the country. So I think... I think we, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer, you know, I talk about it a lot. I'm a big believer in the various stages of the truth and that the final stage is the truth becoming self-evident. 
I think we now know that abortions were a whole lot more than 3% of Planned Parenthood's business plan. I think it's, I, I'm very confident, I'm very comfortable making that opinion based on just the totality of 100% of a pie. And if you say the 3% is the issue of abortion, but you are closing your clinics all over the country, I think we're on to something. I'll leave that up to you to decide, but you know my take on it. And finally, before we get to the bottom of the hour break, this is also not being talked about enough. One million voters over 43 states have switched to the Republican Party. Now, you know the power of a switcher is huge because that's the other side losing a vote and you're actually picking it up. It's not just some disgruntled person that sits out in an election and decides not to vote. They can't vote for the Democrats because they're disgusted, but then they decide they're not going to vote at all. This is a million people that consciously, like I keep telling Tom Foley in my briefcase, is his change of registration form. He's getting close. A million people took the time because you have to do some paperwork to switch over to the other party, to the Republican Party. Now, I can promise you this. If you had a million Republicans switching over to become Democrat, oh, it would be New York Times, top of the fold, Washington Post, every alphabet network, every cable channel of the Democrat persuasion, they would be going bananas. All right, when we come back, I'm going to break what I usually do, and I do have a lot more that I'm going to leave on the uh, cutting room floor. But Matt started to tell us a story yesterday that was extremely personal. And the dreaded clock got in the way. And so we're going to take Matt's call when we come back. And my suggestion would be, because he didn't get that far into it, would be go back to the beginning uh, because there'll be people listening right now that if we start in the middle, would not have heard the uh, the beginning and that wouldn't be able to keep up with, with what Matt was saying. I never heard about this. I've known Matt for a long time. Never heard about this uh, until yesterday. So we'll see where Matt's going to take us when we come back. And then if you want to jump in, we'll take some more calls. Once we, we do it, let's just keep doing it. 609-407-1450 on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is I, your humble public servant, your mayor of the morning at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The Stockton University Summer Youth Rowing Program. We have the latest. It's, it's a great program. Check it out on the app. Vendor police have charged a man 55 years old with luring and enticing a 15-year-old child. We have the story. And another expensive new hire by the Atlantic City Board of Education. Yep. And it was unanimous, the vote. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Lots of sunshine and blue sky, comfortably warm temperatures, 
dry weather, low humidity, low risk of rip currents. Sounds like a beautiful summer day to me. Partly to mostly sunny today, high temperature around 80 degrees. We'll see a few clouds tonight, comfortable low of 60. And warming up tomorrow, high at 84 with sunshine and passing clouds, reaching for 88 on Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's exactly 35 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover joining us in the 7 o'clock hour. Chuck Malamut at 8. And we missed Dr. Newkirk. That was our fault. We missed Dr. Newkirk last Tuesday. We will visit with Dr. Newkirk today. And then we'll have some fun in the final segment uh, after Dr. Newkirk. 609-407-1450. If you'd like to check in, we're going to visit with Matt first. He's going to have the opportunity to tell the story that he began yesterday, uh, highly personal in nature, knocked me over with a feather because, you know, I just never, you don't know what you don't know. And uh, I don't think Matt got uh, 20% into the story. And unfortunately, we were out of time. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, boss. How are you, buddy? Good, man. So I was very surprised uh, with what I was hearing. So go back and uh, let's begin again. Yeah, I never told you that. I kept it close to the chest for years. But uh, this Roe v. Wade thing got me thinking. I said, I got to call Harry about this. And uh, I got to finally fess up about this. Uh, Excuse me if I get emotional, but... uh, you know, my older brother's eight years older than me. And in between my brother and me, my mom had a miscarriage, which would have been my only sister. She had four boys, and I always wanted a sister, but she had a miscarriage. So she didn't have any kids for eight years, and then I came along. And how I came along was my mom and dad, they separated for a while. You know, they they separated, and my mom was with this other guy, and she got pregnant with me. And um, she's pregnant, and um, she decides she wants to go back to my dad. So <clears throat> she um, she goes back with my dad, and this guy shows up in front of my mom's house one day, puts a gun in his mouth and blows his brains out in front of her house because he couldn't be without her. Okay? And and following along, so this was your biological father that did that? My my biological father. But you didn't know that. I have no contact. Yeah. I, I was in my mom's belly. Okay? Yeah. Um, I have no contact with, ever had contact with him. I have no contact with his family. And it doesn't matter because my dad is the only dad I knew. Because when my mom got back with my dad and she says, you know, my dad goes, well, give me that kid. Give me that kid. I'll raise him. Give me that kid. I'll raise him. This is all going back to the Roe v. Wade thing, Harry. I I have to say that's uh, a really stand-up good man uh, because that's a lot to process for him as well, because, you know, that's somebody else's child that he's going to raise as his own child. And you never had even any inkling 
that he wasn't your biological father. You you only know him as your father. And uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. So he, he just, he loved you like he was your, like he was your father, correct? He is my father. Yeah. The only father I ever knew. Yeah. You know, and so I, I pinned my brother against the wall. My Aunt Tina, my favorite Aunt Tina, told me on her deathbed, she was in hospice in Trenton, New Jersey. That's the only way I found out about it. And so I went home and I, you know me, Harry, I'm, I'm always been a pretty big kid. I'm six, five and change. I pinned my brother against the wall and I said, what do you know about my childhood that you're not telling me? And he told me this story. So I went, I called my younger brother and I said, Mike, you wouldn't believe this. And I told him the story. My younger brother was more mad than I was about so, it. So he did, like you, he didn't, your younger brother didn't know about it until you told him. No. But your, no. your older brother did know about it. Yes. My whole life was a lie, my whole family, until my favorite Aunt Tina told me on her deathbed. She died two days after she told me that. Let me ask you this question because it just comes to, to my mind. Are you glad you know, or would you have preferred to not find this out? Well, look, I can only tell you this, Harry. My younger brother was so mad that we didn't we were the only two that didn't know. We have estranged ourselves from the entire family. Wow. Okay. We have estranged ourselves, my younger brother and me, my daughter, who, by the way, is not my biological daughter. And I raised her, uh, and it comes full circle, okay? Mm-hmm. She's not my biological daughter, and I raised her. Now, I'm not going to play Harry Hurley, life coach on you, Matt. However, sometimes, there, you know, there are bad lies, and there are good lies. It seems to me they just didn't want to cause you pain. This other person was gone. It wasn't like that person was ever going to co- try to come back and and complicate things and and tell you know everybody hey I, you know i'm matt's dad you know i want my son or whatever uh cause any kind of you know uh of um controversy so could it be that they were just protecting you and they kept a secret because there was just no reason i mean i know that's a lot to process when other people decide for other people what they're allowed to know, but it seems to me that they did it for, a, 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 in their mind, for a good reason. That that was not any type of bad intentions here. My parents had a reason for it, but we, my brother and I, were over at this point. They could have, they could have, you know, breached the subject at some point. But the point I'm trying to make with you overall, going back to this Roe v. Wade. And tell me if you agree with me or not. It got me thinking when you talk about it yesterday on your show. I think that it's got to be in the 90 percentile range. If a woman, if a girl knows that they have a good man like my father with them, they're going to have that baby. They're going to have that baby. You know, if she's on her own... And, you know, things happen. I mean, she might abort it. I'm lucky to be talking to you today, Harry Hurley. Well, it's a good point. Now, 
other things go into this, though, too. There, there are women that, that are just absolutely 100% pro-life, and it wouldn't matter if the child was conceived through rape, incest, or any other type of, of way, uh, and they would not have an abortion. But I'm, I hear you loud and clear with respect to uh, if your mom would have been, you know, on her own, financially uh, troubled, and then anything, anything is possible. Sure. No doubt about it. If she had a child with someone who she wasn't going to be with, uh, many, many babies have been aborted under circumstances like that. In your circumstance, there was a total solid nuclear family uh, and there was a stable, you know, husband and dad who was taking responsibility for you. And so you didn't you didn't meet the uh, the, the abortion cleavers and the vacuum cleaners and all that stuff. Uh, grotesque. You know, I remember one time many, many years ago, I described the, the the procedure and somebody really let me have it. I said, well, look, you're going to give me a hard time because you hearing how grotesque it is. And remember, there's also this incredibly um, it's not taught in any medical training uh, where they they jab into the baby's head, suck the brains out, collapse the skull and then deliver uh, a dead baby. Uh, some very, very grotesque things. And people get mad at you. Why don't you get mad at what's going on? Don't get mad at me. So, Matt, you're you know, you're one of the lucky ones. I've been I've been seeing uh, men and women on the TV screen over the past week or so. Uh, people who they tried to abort, but they were still born uh, anyhow. Somebody was too far along, so they didn't fit through the vacuum cleaner. Uh, they got they had damage, but they they were born uh, and lived. Uh, yeah, you're 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 very fortunate. You you probably there, there's it's not you can't say for sure because maybe your mom is is the type wouldn't have even considered aborting you. But there's a very good chance that your father, not your biological father, but your one and only father, uh, is the reason that that wasn't even in play. Right. I get it. Now, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're going to blame the women for this abortion thing, you got to put the men in there, too. You got to blame them because if they don't step up, that's the problem. You got I mean, you know, they need support. These girls, you know, you got to be with them. You got to help them. You know, Harry, you know, it was Margie's birthday yesterday. Raising kids is hard. Sure it is. You need, you know, it's expensive. It's hard. And Margie knows she had a good man, and look, I'm just saying, if you're going to blame the women, you better you better blame the men too. Hundred percent, without a doubt. And I don't really blame anyone. There's sometimes really impossible decisions. You could have a very young person. Uh, you could have rape. You could have incest. You could have life health of the mother. Uh, I, I'm pro life with exceptions. That gets some people mad because they, they say there should be no exceptions, but. If the life or health of the mother uh, is at stake, uh, I can't look past that. So I know that some people just dismiss that. I don't. But, Matt, I appreciate um, you sharing 
such an incredibly personal story. One last follow-up. When you found the news out, did that did that shatter you? How did how did you handle that? I didn't really shatter me. I just, I mean, my dad's the only dad I knew. So I, I just talked to my younger brother about it. And he said, you know, he was mad. He was mad. And uh, but hey, by the way, you separated from all your other siblings and stuff like that, which personally I don't agree with, Matt. I think you might want to maybe even maybe consider reflecting on that a little bit, because sometimes you keep a secret. Children kept a secret that I'm sure their mom and dad told them to keep. Now, if you didn't turn off your mom and dad, why do you turn off your siblings? I don't know, Harry. It's just how it worked out. But yeah, not I'm fair though. Saying, it's not fair. Yeah, you're just, uh, they were just chil- they were just children too. They were keeping a secret. I'm sure they were told, and we don't want to mess Matt up. You know, the, his. You know, we don't want anybody to know about this. Don't say anything. I, 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 in a way, I give them a lot of credit. It's hard for kids to keep a secret like that, and it must have been rough on them too. I'm talking about my aunts and uncles. They were older. I mean, you know. Even oh, I thought you said parents, you never talked to your brother and sister again. I I only talk to my younger brother right now, Harry. That's yeah. it. But that, but That's you it. know, I, I listen. I, I can't tell you what to do. You're a grown man. But two adults told those kids how this was going to be handled. I don't think they should be held accountable that you had a different biological father. And that the only family they know, their parents told them, don't tell Matt. I mean, I, I think I think they did it for good intentions. But that's, you know, that's on you. I don't know how they, I don't know how they carry the weight for what the parents did. I, you, you got this a little mixed up, in my opinion. But there could be more that I don't know uh, that's beyond just this. Matt, it's good to talk to you. I've got to run. I'm, I'm way late. More of your calls coming up, 609 Four zero seven fourteen fifty, I am early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five, and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Come from the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 52 minutes past the hour. Joining the program, ladies and gentlemen, citizen Seth Grossman. Good morning, Seth. Good morning, Harry. I'm actually calling as a citizen and a lawyer after listening to Matt's story, and I'd just like to share this with you. Yes. As you know, I'm a, a lawyer with a small-town practice in Summers Point, and after September 11, 2001, uh, they cracked down on, on your IDs. People had to get birth certificates to get driver's licenses. And there was a period of four or five years when I, just as a small-town lawyer, uh, had a almost a cottage industry in doing name changes uh, because I must have had a half a dozen to a dozen situations exactly like Matt, where people had grown up their entire lives thinking that uh, you know two people were their parents, and then when they went back to get their birth certificate, uh, they were shocked to find out that there was uh, you know a, a different father that, that who they thought was their father was not their father, who they thought that was their mother was not their mother. Uh, where they had been raised uh, by cousins or by, you know, by aunts or uncles. And uh, it, it, that's how people handled situations in those days 
uh, before abortions. And let know? me let me ask you this, Seth, because you raise such an important point here. What it what a um, uh, just from a documentation standpoint, what a moment of truth this could become. Now, in Matt's case, his biological father was already dead. He was never in the picture to begin with. And I presume at the point where Matt was born, the mother on the birth certificate was his birth mother. And the father on the birth certificate is the only father he's known. So from a paperwork standpoint, Matt probably would never encounter what you said. But if this would have been uh, the other man was on the document, the mom is on the document, but Matt lives a whole lifetime without knowing about the, the, the biological dad, then you have a documentation problem. Uh, Yes, you did. And the way we resolved most of it, uh, I I did a couple of amendments of birth certificates, but that uh, was a difficult and expensive uh, process. It was much easier for people to just get a name change. And by the way, it's all a lot harder now post-September 11, 2001, correct? Yes. I mean, we were able to – that's why – the name change was much easier, but people had gone through their entire lives uh, with a name based on thinking their parents were somebody and their parents were somebody else. Uh, you know, sometimes even the mother uh, would not raise the child because, uh, you know, she, the mother was either too young or, or had other problems. But again, I, I just called in to say that what you heard Matt say was very, very common in those days. That's what families did. Mm. Uh, that's what friends did. That's what neighbors did in in the years before abortions. People, uh, people just stepped up and helped. People st- and what what I saw was uh, there was not uh, anger or bitterness. There was really gratitude for family members stepping up to do that, uh, do things like that. And actually, in in some ways, and I'm talking about people who were in their fifties and sixties and even seventies discovered that their whole family relationship was different from what they thought. But in my personal experience, I saw a lot of gratitude and appreciation and love uh, as opposed to bitterness. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think in Matt's case, I believe, and this didn't come out in this call, but yesterday it did. I'm trying to remember. Well, I know it because he lost his mom before his dad. So I think he was 22 uh, when his father died. So as a young adult, he found out well, then again, it was even later than that because he didn't find out at the death of his parents. He found out at the death of an aunt. But again, in his case, the paperwork would have the, 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 the father and the mother. He would have never been able to even know that there was a biological father he was unaware of because his paperwork is clean and it has the two names and the only two names that he would know. Yes. And of course, uh, from a political point of view, it gave me a lot of insight as to the greatness of America, because uh, when people ran into difficulties, uh, all sorts of financial difficulties, personal difficulties, it's amazing how people didn't expect something from the government. People stepped up and they, they turned to family, they turned to friends, they, they did things by themselves. And, True. and you, uh, it gave me an appreciation of what a remarkable country we had back then. Let me ask you a question that's unrelated, but, but I was talking about it a little while ago. New York City trying to uh, put 800,000 illegals on the voting rolls. We already know California has succeeded 
and allowing illegals to vote in school board elections. Their next move is to be able to vote in the local council and mayor's races. And then, you know, you know what the ultimate goal is. How can the Constitution be so unambiguous and yet this crap is going on, Seth? Well, it, it, it's, it's called treason. Basically, uh, our enemies, the enemies of America, and I won't go into detail who they are because uh, I think we know who they are. They finally found America's weak spot because uh, uh, people hated America for, for hundreds of years. It didn't just start recently because we were a threat to so many countries that were based on uh, dictatorships, based on socialist regimes, communist regimes, fascist regimes. And we were a threat just by existing because people in those countries would have relatives or they'd learn about America and they'd know how bad they had it in their country because they would see how great America was. So you've had regimes for 100 years wanting to destroy America. Uh, the German Kaiser, the, 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 the Hitlers, the communists, and, and we always defeated them with our, with our army. And then finally, about 50 years ago, our enemies figured out uh, to use psychological warfare about it. Uh, right, they decided, like what Khrushchev said, we don't have to fire a shot. America will destroy itself from within. And that's where we're, we're at now. You, you almost get these, um, these bad actors activated to where they vote and they go against our best interests. I mean, look at these, um, these radical DAs in uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco, what I got him, and elsewhere. Uh, th- this, this is how they're doing it, Seth. Quick comment. We're almost out of time. Right. Yeah, they know our biggest uh, weakness was our compassion. So if they would send soldiers to invade us, they knew we would fight the invaders. Mm. But if they set uh, illegal women and children to vote our system out, they know that if we ever saw the, the pictures on TV of, of, of crying women and, and children, that we would never have the will to arrest them and send them back uh, to their country. So they just send millions of uh, basically uh, a, a, an army of voters to destroy our way of life and so far we have they're right we have not had the stomach there's been about a million and a half to two million just since biden's been president these are big numbers and they, these are game-changing they numbers will, they are taking away our country just as effectively as if uh, they sent an invading army true to be continued south wpgg atlantic city wenjhd3 millville a town square media station everything you need to know in six minutes starts Thank you, Seth. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Approaching seven minutes past the hour. Very pleased to report that the former New Jersey Assemblyman, Kirk Conover joins the program this hour. Chuck Malamut is on deck, and then we missed Dr. Newkirk last week. We will catch up today, and we'll have some fun in the remaining uh, half of the uh, 9 o'clock hour, where we'll open up the phone lines again at 609-407-1450. Kirk, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Harry. Kirk, I want to start in order of priority. Let's get your recap on the recently completed 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. I haven't talked about that enough on air, to be honest. It, I thought that uh, 
we had a glorious day. The weather was absolutely perfect for any type of summer activity and particularly for golf. And your, your uh, good luck uh, and good fortune continues. I mean, it was just, there wasn't anything. It was 76, 77 degrees. Yeah. Just hardly perfect. a cloud in the sky, light breeze. It was just perfect. And the, the course conditions were, were great. Um, every, you know, the swag bag was great. Everything was put together perfectly and a uh, good time was had by all. I know uh, my crew enjoyed it thoroughly and uh, everybody we talked to enjoyed it thoroughly and uh, heck of an event, man. heck of an event. Appreciate it, man. Uh, so much. We have a lot of issues on the table, uh, including, let me start with this one, New York's attempt that fortunately a New York City judge voided but the Democrat legislature, I mean, this is amazing, actually. They had approved for 800,000 illegals to be voting in the upcoming local elections. This is truly the Democrat uh, plan. This is, this is what they're, in, they're doing this in broad daylight. I mean, they're, they're violating the Constitution. I, I, why is this not criminal activity? Uh, incredible. Uh, what a threat. You talk about insurrection. Uh, how come Maxine Waters, when she says to hell with the Supreme Court, we're not going to listen to them, uh, co-equal branch of government, that she's an insurrectionist. This is insurrection. What are your thoughts about this? Well, <clears throat> we've always known that that's the Democrat plan, get enough uh, illegals in here, and uh, you will have uh, a block of voters. Somehow you'll maneuver them to get get them to the polls. Uh, you know, you got the motor voter, no voter ID. All, all these uh, things add up to trying to rig all future elections for Democrats. And it's just uh, a raw power play. It should be illegal. It should be voter fraud. And it should be uh, offensive to every voter, Democrat or Republican. These maneuvers basically cancel out your vote. And it's just not—it's not the American way, and it's not—it's not the way to run an, an orderly uh, republic. And uh, fortunately, we do have a few, you know, court uh, courts that'll rule with common sense to save us from some of this. But yeah, that's that's the overall game plan: rig all future elections with illegal votes and voters and. Uh, it's all raw power, and it's all part of the, you know, one world uh, George Soros uh, vision of things. That's why they want no no borders. You know, they don't want them America to be exceptional. It's all their vision to keep the elites at the top, and the rest of us plugging along where we are. So that's that's my view of it. Your view is, uh, nope. is is rock solid. And I mean, it, it respects and honors everything from our Constitution. I don't know what it is about these lunatics. What it, I mean, I know they hate they've admitted it on rare occasions. They hate the Constitution. They love to cite the it, they're so interesting in their um, duplicity, their dishonesty They they cite the constitutional uh, right of an abortion, even though there is no such thing. 50 years ago, 
a bad decision was made. This is whether you're for or against abortion. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg knows that decision was extremely political. It was not based on the Constitution. It was bad law. It was always susceptible uh, to this challenge. And it's gone now. And they're going crazy over it. But they cite the Constitution when it's not a provided right. Then they trash the Constitution for something like, say, the Second Amendment, for example, which is a constitutional right. They're always wrong about this stuff. Yeah, and socialism requires um, you know, coercion. And our Constitution basically protects us from government coercion. So the lefties that want to impose socialism on us know that the Constitution is a barrier to their power and their ability to transform this country into something that uh, we don't want, but they do. Because no one ever chooses socialism voluntarily. It's always jammed down uh, the, the people's throat with, you know, as Mao said, the barrel of a gun. And the Constitution protects us from that kind of oppression. That's why they hate it. And, uh, but they'll use it whenever it's convenient for them to advance their goals. Yeah, even if it doesn't apply. I mean, that's the amazing thing about them. They're just so completely wholly dishonest. Uh, and I don't mean H-O-L-Y. I mean the W-H version. Wholly dishonest. Now, Chuck Todd, a, a fantastical liberal, he said that based on these recent decisions, the, the gun issue, abortion, it's been a couple of more and there's still a few more that are coming, that the 2016 election, meaning Donald Trump, was the most consequential election in 100 years. I think you can really make that case, can't you? I can't disagree with that. He was the right man at the right time. And I mean, Matt Kirk, imagine... If Hillary Clinton, if she was the president, imagine what how I mean, I, I believe the Second Amendment would would be uh, reworked. No, they didn't mean the individual, the citizens right to bear arms. They meant they meant the military, the militia. But of course, we know that that's not the intention. And we know who made up the militia uh, when these documents, you know, were approved and formed in the, the, the government, the constitution and everything else. And obviously they thought so much of it that, oops, we forgot a few things. And, and the second amendment in the bill of rights, the 10 items they forgot, they quickly remembered, uh, is right there as a second amendment. But having said that, that's the difference between Donald Trump winning and Hillary Clinton winning. Can you imagine what the composition of that court would be? Well, it would be loomed out left and anti-constitutional. And, you know, the uh, Second Amendment was put in there for a real specific reason. The, the uh, new uh, country of the United States of America was operating under the Artic- Articles of Confederation until the Constitution was finally adopted and the, the first 10 amendments were adopted. And prior to that, um, it was fresh in the colonists' minds what the British Army was doing to control them. They had the ability to knock down their doors, uh, take all their weapons. They had the ability to force 
households to house British soldiers. So they saw all these things, and it was fresh in their minds. So when they came together to put together the Constitution, that's why there's specific uh, provisions of it that prevent that kind of uh, government oppression. They also knew that they had to be armed to prevent tyranny. A lot of uh, this discussion about the Second Amendment is, you know, somehow it's about crime. But if you read the Federalist Papers, it was all about tyranny. Yeah. If there was an armed populace. Kirk, we're going to go to the break. Let's come back so that we don't give this the bums rush. It's really an important topic because I want to add something to it as well. What is now called insurrection Our founders believed that if the government got out of control, that the citizens should have the right to mix it up. Uh, I want to see if you agree with that comment. I'm 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 very confident that 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 isn't a fair. It's it's a quick little synopsis, a quick little snippet. But that is what they intended. They intended the people to be able to do what needed to be done if the government got out of control as it was completely out of control in their time. We'll be back with Kirk Conover, Chuck Malamut thereafter, Dr. Newkirk after that. A lot to do. Let's keep it going. It's 16 minutes past the hour. On the Hurley in the Morning program, here's our friend, Sean Hannity. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. A New York Times columnist writing a in outline how the Democrats could rein in the high court in a piece entitled How to Dissolve a Rogue Supreme Court. The Supreme Court does not exist above the constitutional system, adding that a rogue court cannot shield itself from the power of other branches. Here we go. Then Elizabeth Warren on cue, packed the courts. Stacey Abrams on cue, packed the court. Now, I believe this is an election year conversion because I think the Democrats are so scared to death about what would be a tidal wave election for Republicans. So now all of a sudden Biden say, no, 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 I'm not going to support the court packing thing. Meanwhile, first thing he tried to do when he got into office was see if that was feasible and possible and set up a commission looking into it. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. These days you use your personal information to do just about everything, especially when you're online. With all that info just out there floating around, well, it can make the Internet a practical gold mine for these identity thieves. Wait, actually, wait, I take that back. That's not fair to gold miners. Mining is hard work, but stealing your identity is so dangerously easy in this day and age. LifeLock, they see the threats you miss on your own. If, in fact, your information is compromised, you get an alert. And if, in fact, your identity is stolen, you get a U.S.-based dedicated restoration specialist that will fix it for you. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, but you can make sure your identity theft protection starts right now and right here. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com. They have a low annual rate. If you use the promo code Hannity, you'll save an additional 25% off your first year. Protect your name, reputation, finances, and credit score. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, promo code. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. We are back uh, with uh, former New Jersey Assemblyman Kirk Conover, a wide-ranging discussion about uh, some of the issues of the day. Boy, Kirk, there is a lot going on, isn't there? This is a crazy time. 
There, there sure is. And uh, what I take take heart in is the fact that the, the Supreme Court is making common sense decisions based on federalism. Yeah. You know, Have you uh, seen how the Democrats are just they are losing their minds over these decisions? They act like there's something wrong. In other words, if their ideology doesn't get to carry the day, something has to be dramatically wrong. We either have to stack the court or they're trying to say that um, uh, these justices that voted to overturn Roe v. Wade lied during their testimony that they should be criminally charged. I loved it the other day. I forget who it was, but somebody on a panel at Fox News said, well, what about Elena Kagan? Uh, she directly said this, 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 and this, and then she went and did something else. Did she lie? And I forget that bald-headed guy. He used to have hair, but now he's bald-headed. That Democrat, I mean, they paralyzed him. No, 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 she didn't lie. Oh, oh okay, so so Kavanaugh lied, and Gorsuch lied, and Amy Coney Barrett lied, but but Kagan didn't lie. I mean, they they are so dishonest they just can't even keep up with their lies. They're dishonest because they want a powerful federal government that dominates everything. They don't believe in federalism. This modern Democrat Party and uh, Tom Foley, you better get that registration form from Harry. I know. Uh, this modern Democratic Party is insane. They want a powerful, all-powerful federal government. And look what they've got, Kirk. They've got since January 20th of 2021, they have done such a terrible job. They have destroyed our economy. They've ruined just about everything in the daily lives of the American people. Everything's broken. Supply chain's broken. Gasoline is two, three times more than it was. I don't be- I'm telling you, I don't believe this 8.6% inflation. I mean, my God, a, a $4.99 whole chicken cooked uh, is now twelve thirteen dollars. How's that eight point five percent, Kirk? How are they getting away with with saying that we have eight and a half percent inflation? How do they do this? They change the way they calculate the consumer price index. Uh, <clears throat> I, I ask anyone listening: you tell me something in your life that's only up by eight point five percent. I can't think of anything, Kirk. Now, if you measured inflation the way they calculated the market basket of goods in 1980, it would be more like 18%, which is the highest ever. I mean, even at 8.6, it's still among the highest rates of inflation ever. So, yeah. And the month-to-month inflation rate in May increased 1%. And, And, Kirk, they can't run on anything so that's why they got all just it was almost like Christmas for them because they can fundraise off of the abortion dis- Supreme Court decision. Uh, they try to make that the issue. They have nothing to run on. Nothing. I, I, I keep asking a Democrat. I'll do it right now. You have to. The only phone line that's open right now is for a Democrat. 609 407 I want a Democrat to tell me one thing that's better in America since January 20th of 2021. Kirk, I've been asking that for almost a year and a half. Yeah, well, no, nobody will call me and they're listening. 
the Democrats are listening to this program, but they know there's not one thing. Schools aren't better. Uh, prices are terrible. Try to get a car. Uh, energy prices. Everything. There's nothing that anybody can say we're more divided. Remember, Biden was going to be this great, steady hand that would bring America together. The world would respect us more. I mean, he's just completely broken every single aspect of America, our position at home, our position abroad. He's on some world thing now and like disappearing. They, they, they said he's not available for a whole day. I mean, this is this is incredible what's going on. But, Kirk, I note, no takers. There'll never be a taker for that question because you can't even lie and make up something because there's nothing you can say that's better. I can't – I mean, when Bill Clinton was president and I didn't want him to be president, he worked with the Republicans. Uh, he, he passed welfare reform and a number of other things. Uh, he, he supported reasonable things. This, this, this version of Democrat today is unrecognizable, Kirk. Yeah, and they use the the whole climate change uh, hoax to talk about, you know, we're we got to make the environment clean and and uh, we're transitioning. Well, that's an excuse for government control of your life, and they're using it to the max, and that's the biggest. Um, Do you know Joe Biden said that? Did you understand? Know, there's wind power out there in the ocean. There's always wind. Has this guy ever seen a sailboat if the sailboat doesn't have a motor on it that sits for a while and sometimes for quite a while because there isn't always wind? It's not 100 percent like he's trying to make it out to be. He just either he is so challenged cognitively or these talking points they give him. I don't have it in front of me, Kirk, but I'm sure you saw that note card that the media went panned in on and and it said – uh, you enter room, you sit down. I mean, the American people should be terrified at what's going on here, Kirk. Yeah, he's just a puppet for the left-wing puppet masters that are behind him. I mean, you know, the, the, the normal uh, Democrat voter, if they knew the real truth, they would have never voted for Biden. I Let's mean, see if I can find this. I want to see, Kirk, I did, shell. Fi- I did find it. Listen to this. All right, so he has these printed up cards that say the president on them. And they're very pretty. I mean, it's very professional, stock grade cards. And it says offshore wind drop something sequence of events because some of it's cut off. It has these bullet points. You enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to participants. You take your seat. Now, you and your are in bold all capital letters. Press enters. You give brief comments, two minutes. Press departs. You ask Liz Schuler, president AFL-CIO, a question. Note, Liz is joining virtually. You thank the uh, participants. You depart. Now, look, I could understand you write down that, that Liz Schuler is you're going to take a call from Liz Schuler and she'll be virtual. I mean, I have no problem with that. I'm reasonable, Kirk. But this, you enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to participants? You take your seat? You thank? You depart? Kirk, this, this 
is this not proof that our president is seriously cognitively challenged and that he needs instructions? Remember when the no card more than a year, year and a half ago was you introduce Kamala Harris. She's smart. Something like that, it said. I mean, this isn't new and it's getting worse. Yeah, and he's he is cognitively declining all the time. And, uh, you know, why his his wife lets it go on, it's elder abuse, basically. But he's just a tool. He's being used. And How long do you think this is going to be allowed to go on where he says these things and then five minutes later uh, his staff correct it? How long is the media going to just con the American people that there's not something wrong here? How long can this go on for, Kirk? The entire presidency? I think that would be their goal. I mean, and then, and then what? Like somewhere after this presidency, we will get the truth that he was uh, in this. I don't even think it's the early stages of dementia. I, th- I think he's he is just well into this, and and he has some okay moments, never really good moments. But they're going to actually try to get away with this for an entire four years and then act like he's viable to run again. Madness. Kirk, hold on. Don't go away. It's only halftime. Much more straight ahead with Kirk Conover. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. And yes, you did do that. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And I'm Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Stockton University has an awesome summer youth rowing program. We have all the details. Check it out. The Venter City Police, Chief Joe Fussner and his team, they've charged a 55-year-old man with luring and enticing a 15-year-old child to have sex. It's disgusting. Great job by the Ventnor Police. And another expensive new hire by the Atlantic City Board of Education. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. In the summertime, we always say it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Well, today, the opposite is true. Low humidity, dry air is the key to a gorgeous, comfortably warm day. We'll give you a high of 80 today with partly to mostly sunny skies, dry weather all day long. A few clouds tonight and comfortable low of 60. Warming up tomorrow, high of 84 with sunshine and passing clouds. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Do you have questions? Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We continue at 35 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. Chuck Malamut is on deck in exactly 30 minutes. Dr. Newkirk uh, after Chuck. And then some open forum after that at 609-407-1450. Here's one that I think is is kind of interesting, and we keep being lied to. The president said, no, I'm not going to talk to the Saudi uh, crown prince. And, no, 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 no. I won't be talking to him. You know, you know darn well he's going to be begging for oil. And now we find out that this lying administration that promised how honest they were going to be, they were always – remember, Joe Biden, I'll always tell you the truth – this, this congenital liar that lies every single day about every single thing 
gets credit for being honest. Trump, who was honest, gets credit for being dishonest. It's madness on steroids. So we find out that the Biden team is quietly traveling to Caracas. Uh, For those who don't know, that's in Venezuela. And they're begging Venezuela uh, to help us out with our gas oil problems, our gasoline problems. Uh, This is what it's come to, Kirk. They're going to dirty despots and things like that, begging for more oil because they took a perfectly good working model of a country that was energy independent and a net oil exporter. And look at us now. Yeah, as if the uh, Saudi oil or the Venezuelan oil uh, burns cleaner, you know, it's refined easier. Yeah, sure. It's not. Well, actually, actually, Russia, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, there's no gasoline product in the world that's cleaner than what we do. Do you agree with that comment, Kirk? I agree. So how do they get off with acting like they're so eco-friendly and all of this, and we're going to transition from fossil fuels? Look, all you have to do, not you, Kirk, but our listeners, go back to Biden he said he was going to eliminate it. This is this is their plan. This this seven dollars, eight dollars, nine dollars. Look, the, the gas pumps were getting uh, retooled so they could actually go to ten dollars. Something that none of them were ever made to be able to uh, to calibrate because how could it ever be that? So they they end at nine point nine nine point nine, and so here we go. Uh, they're begging these dirty oil producers to provide us with more. What sense does any of this make? It doesn't make any sense unless you look at the overall plan. They're using climate change uh, as an excuse to control the lives of everyday Americans. They're trying to force us into electric vehicles. And, you know, electric vehicles are fine. But uh, let the marketplace determine how many, you know, what percentage of the market it's it's going to be. Yeah, and if you're going to keep a car for more than 10 years, which the average American right now is driving a 12- or 13-year-old car, uh, at 10 years, you're going to have anywhere from a ten dollars to $30,000 replacement for that beautiful battery. They're not, they're not accounting for anything. It's, it's really remarkable how spectacularly wrong they are about all of this. You got John Kerry out there saying one thing. You got Biden and his people saying another. It is just a mess. Well, they're wrong in, you know, your viewpoint, my viewpoint. But in their viewpoint, they're doing what they set out to do. They want a a centrally planned and controlled economy. They're using climate change as the vehicle, as the excuse to put more and more hardships on us and direct our behavior and they can control you remember obamacare if you control the health care you control the person and particularly the older you get because you obviously you need more uh, than when you're younger younger people don't think about some of these things because they think they're just impervious and immortal but an, uh, someone that's getting you know uh, more advanced in years they realize how important the healthcare benefits are, and if the government controls your healthcare, they control you. If they control, you know, they are just chomping at the bit to assign a carbon footprint to each American. You know that, Kirk. 
yeah, it'll become uh, just like that Chinese model, the social credit system. You know, you're going to be evaluated by some central government agency on, you know, how is your house energy efficient? What kind of car you drive? Yeah, that is really scary leftist stuff. But it's perfectly in keeping with the thinking of a guy like John Kerry or Ron Klain or Susan Rice. Probably, I think Obama's probably still pulling strings in, in the background, too. These are well-known leftist politicians that want a, a total federal control of your life and because they think they know better for you than you know yourself. They're terrified of the fact that a market-based economy has millions of decision-makers, and they can't control it. And the base of our energy, you know, and electric reliability comes from nuclear and natural gas and coal. They're compact forms of energy that are totally reliable for our electric grid. When you introduce solar and wind, great as a supplement, but totally, totally unreliable for supplying an electric grid. Correct. I, I absolutely uh, 100% agree with that comment that, that you made, Kirk, and I'll double down on this. As recently as yesterday, President Biden made the comment that the wind is always there. It's always available 100% of the time. He says, it's not like when you're here, you know, on land. I don't think he's worried it just like that, but not when you're here. Um, when you're out on the water, there's always wind 100% of the time. How, how dumb is this man? Obviously, he hasn't uh, been to the beach enough in Delaware to look out and see a nice flat day on the ocean when uh, a small 20-foot boat can go out and go fishing in the ocean when yeah. Some days that's not a wise move. Yeah, it can be flat as a lake. You can have not a whisper of wind. And it's not 100% of the time. Now, look, I will admit, if you're far out and you've got wind turbines out there far out, uh, a great deal of the time, you'll be producing some kind of of wind energy. But not all the time. And it's not steady. No. I mean, you can't control it. And even solar, I remember uh, we had that very rainy month, and I, I checked my production at least once a month, and I was like, wow, this was just not much solar uh, because there wasn't much sun. It rained. I don't know if you remember that period where I was away for part of it, but for like two weeks in a row, it just rained every day. Uh, there wasn't much sun, and so you're not going to make solar when it's like that either. So... I am totally on board with it's a great supplement, but you can't rely on that uh, the way that we rely on the other forms of energy that, in fact, are fail-safe. Let's go to the break, Kirk. We'll be right back. We'll be back in uh, two and a half minutes. Much more with Kirk Conifer on the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back 46 minutes past the hour. He's Kirk Conover. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, just as the great one just said. Uh, Kirk, let me throw it over to you. What's a topic you'd like to talk about? Well, as you know, the main topic, inflation, and the fact that we had 1.5% contraction of the GDP in the first quarter, we'll find out in a couple of weeks what the second quarter looks like. Do you, do you anticipate, see, I don't trust, this government is so corrupt, it's so dirty, I think they're going to come up with some kind of fractional growth. It may be um, less than 1%, then literally fractional, it might be 1%. Or 1.2, 1.5, whatever. I think they're going to find a way to not report a second consecutive quarter at below zero. What do you think? You're probably right on the cooking the books. Uh, I just think that we are right now probably in, in a soft recession. Inflation at these levels changes people's. Uh, consumer habits, uh, the consumer spending habits, uh, consumer confidence is is down to a very low level, declining. Um, you know, business confidence is declining. And all that adds up to a, a change in spending pattern, which indicates that people are pulling in their horns. You know, that they're... Hey, Kirk, I ordered a delivery yesterday. It was Margie's birthday. And, you know, I just wanted, when she got home that there would be dinner and all of this. Something that I have been ordering for years and years and years, it wound up being three times what it used to be about a year or so ago. Three times. Who who can keep up with this, Kirk? Yeah. Nobody's wages. You can't keep up with this. There's two, there's two big problems here. If you're super rich, you're hurting in a different way because you probably have lost some of your portfolio, but you're still fine and you don't mind as much that it's a hundred and some dollars to fill the car. You're aggravated. You don't like it, but you can pay it. But if you're a middle income wage earner or a lower middle or a lower wage earner, this is now people making choices between gasoline in the car and food on the table. And I did mention you used to be able to go to a big box store or one of the, um, the, the grocery stores and they would have those rotisserie chickens. I mean, forever and ever and ever, four ninety nine, four ninety nine, four ninety nine, forever. And you could feed, I mean, probably four people with one of those chickens and get a few side dishes. That chicken is now twelve ninety nine and even higher. These prices are completely out of control. It sure is. I'm, uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me that. Uh, this administration can go out there with a straight face and say, we're actually reducing inflation. We're going to do things that 
No, they're not. He, Biden's, I cut a trillion dollars in spending. No, no, it was just COVID spending that the pandemic was over. I mean, they lie about everything. Yeah. And the other big problem we face is the fact that the Fed is, they're down to just raising interest rates to fight inflation. They don't have the tools that they used to have because of this trillion dollar, you know, three trillion dollar overspending by the Biden administration on the the American Rescue Plan and the so-called infrastructure plan. The money supply is going through the roof and normally the Fed would be able to buy up treasury bonds, bills and notes if they want to increase the money supply or sell federal uh, treasury bonds, bills and notes if they want to reduce the money supply. Let let me ask you a question, Kirk, because I know we don't really talk to financial markets because that's Chuck's lane. But and I know that the Dow Jones Industrial Average is becoming less and less important. But I've been following how it has really fought back. We'll see what Chuck has to say about this next hour. But it has really fought back to stay above 30,000. I don't know if that's a psychological thing. It did go below 30,000 and close below 30,000 one day. But if I'm not mistaken, the very next day, it went back above 30,000. And let me go to my age phone right now. I'm pretty confident in saying that um, it's still, um, let's see, where's my financials? Here we go. Yeah, Dow's back over 31,000 because last week was a pretty good week. But it fought really hard to stay above 30,000. I don't think that was an accident, Kirk. I think the market's operating, you know, I always look at the the markets as future oriented. So Well, they are. They're leading they're leading indicators. So that's what I'm giving you right now, the Dow at 31,438.26. That's the Dow looking 6 months to a year from now how things will be. And I and I think they're making the calculation, uh, the, the big investors that, you know, push the market one way or the other, they're making the calculation that the Fed is realizing that they just can't uh, crush the economy with ever-increasing interest rates uh, based on some of the statements that uh, Jay Powell said last week. Yeah. So they they may be putting that into it. Um but again, it's the rich get richer. I mean, these big, huge corporations can absorb a lot of bad stuff and still make money. Kirk, nine minutes ago, I'm happy I looked at my phone. I don't know why I didn't see this, but nine minutes ago, my good friend Charlie Wimberg wrote in when we were talking about wind energy production. And uh, for those who either forgot or don't remember, he has a many, many decades, I think close to three decades long career Uh in the electrical energy um, space. Charlie wrote me, wind does not produce base load generation. It is not dependable until we can store energy. Wind and solar is not the answer. That's from an electric expert, not from some dopey politician lying to us. That is for sure. And it's, I guess, my conclusion, if you look at it rationally and don't look at it as, you know, a giant conspiracy theory, which it almost, to me it almost looks like this, there is a conspiracy against the American people and energy independence to pursue these climate goals to control our economy. But, and, and to control us. You know, 
Right. And if, so if you look at it, just say, okay, let's look at it logically and forget everything else surrounding it. It's a great supplement. But solar takes up too much real estate. You'd have to cover the entire uh, real estate of Long Island to supply enough electricity just to power Manhattan. And massive amounts of farmland out in the Midwest are being covered with solar panels and wind farms that used to produce food. Yeah. So there's a lot of, of, of negative things associated with forcing this agenda. You know, Let me give you a statistic that we can probably almost ride this. We're about five minutes before the top of the hour. I think we can almost ride this right to uh, the top of the hour and to Chuck Malamut right after halftime. So check this out, Kirk, because politicians, not all, but most, many, they lie. They stretch things. They lie about things. They have an agenda. They want to win again. You know, there's just a lot of unholy things about that whole you know side of the business. But here's something completely unambiguous. In the past year, one million voters switched from Democrat to Republican. I'm not talking about unaffiliateds and independents. So, wow, I'm really just so happy with Republican leadership. I'm going to switch from being an unaffiliated or independent This is Democrats switching to Republican. This is one million voters over 43 states. And I bring this up for an important reason. We've had national elections decided, the past two of them at least, by 10, 20, 30,000 votes, 50,000 votes over three states combined. Talking about a very small number of votes. If President Trump, even with this zombie election, the mail-in garbage that they did, uh, if 40,000 votes over three states had switched, he wins the presidency. That's how close this is. So a million voters spread out over 43 states. That That's the American people walking with how they feel right now, leaving one party, going to the other. Politicians can lie all day, all week, all year. That is unassailable. That really happened, and it's documented, and it's provable. Well, I think it's indicative of our favorite local Democrat, who's about to become a Republican, said to me at your golf tournament, he said, "These, these, these Democrats have lost their minds. They're insane, and the American people are picking it up. I know, and Tom knows in my briefcase at all times is that change of registration form. It's ready. And I, this main uh, voter change is indicative that people are waking up, uh, Hispanic voters waking up to the fact that the Republican Party reflects their values more than the Democrat yeah. Party on social issues. And I repeat, Kirk, we've got states being decided by less than 10,000 votes, 15, 20, 30, 40,000 votes. And here is a million switchers. That's a big number. And it's still uh, months away from the election. I mean, and and two years from the next presidential election. This is, uh, this is I think, a significant turn of events. Very positive sign that the pendulum is swinging the other way. Uh, You can only take so much abuse from, you know, the Democrat leadership when they basically self-inflict 
inflation on your household budget, when they remove uh, affordable gasoline from your gas tank. Yep. You can only take so much. Kirk, give us, we have two minutes. Give us your best take on to what extent do you believe the recent Supreme Court decisions will have either major impact, some impact, minor impact, no impact on November 8th relative to the abortion decision, the Second Amendment decision on concealed carry, and some of the other decisions that are coming out. Is there any, do you consider a scenario where the Democrats lose on every single pocketbook issue, every single thing you can possibly quantify, but yet the Democrats get away with switching this into the Supreme Court is radical and look at this. Uh, To what extent does this disadvantage Republicans or does it disadvantage them at all? I don't think it's a disadvantage at all for Republicans. The uh, two issues that you mentioned, abortion and, and gun control or the Second Amendment, those voters have been solidly one camp or another for decades. And no court decision is going to change how they vote. So you're left with the vast middle. But if you had a totally dispirited Democrat electorate and, and many did not come out to vote, and now they're motivated to come out and vote, could this change anything? Well, I don't think it's going to motivate them to come out to vote. Um, like you said, those people motivated by those issues. Yeah always have come out got to go to got to go to the halftime break kirk i think maybe five or ten house seats might be affected by it uh not much more beyond that chuck malamud is next wdgg atlantic city wenjhd3 millville a town square media station everything you need to know in six minutes starts now from harry hurley way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamut is here. And the following program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of this date of the broadcast and subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. Chuck, how are you? Good morning, Harry. Great to see you. It's great to see you. you looking good? Feeling good. There you go. Okay. Well, uh, it's been a couple weeks since we've been... I know. We've been together. I know. Uh, it's very rare. So, any uh, the golf... Uh, sorry, I was on the left coast visiting uh, clients and friends, and um, I missed your big event. But It was spectacular. Our players, our supporters, you, Pam, Marley, and Frankie, included in that conversation. We thank you for your beautiful whole sponsorship sign that was out on the course uh you guys are awesome uh it couldn't have been better the weather was i'll tell you what we're very fortunate about uh and we're going to make an adjustment for next year because it would not be acceptable if this event would have been 
on the day that it always was for the past 14 years. Number one, I wouldn't have been able to be there. Margie would not have been able to be there because we were in the throes of COVID-19. And it was 93 degrees. And we moved from indoors to outdoors on the second part of our event. I, I, that's unacceptable to put the golfers uh, after they've already been out in the sun for that length of time. It's unacceptable for them to be out there uh, all afternoon after that. Uh, but we were just so blessed because it was about maybe 77 degrees by the time the golfers got done at 2 o'clock. We were spared. I don't know how you could you, – that's not workable at that place uh, if it's 90 degrees. You can't you, – you could have the golfers go out in any kind of weather. They're used to being able to handle a round of golf. But then you got to be able to come in and cool off, and you can't expect somebody to be able to stay out there for three more hours. So uh, we were spared. If it had been the week before, I would have been probably getting horror stories from our players saying we, we, we melted out there. What, what, what are you doing to us? And I wouldn't even have been there. It would have been um, very frustrating. So uh, anyhow, um, because the weather was basically room temperature, it worked. It would not have otherwise. We so, were fortunate. So, so, so the good luck uh, always is bestowed on on, the, on the tournament. And fifteen Harry, maybe years, we, maybe we had a little bit of good luck uh, last week as well. It's been a. I mean, after a lot of pain, last week was pretty pretty spectacular, this wasn't is, it? This has been a, a a long grind. Unfortunately, heading in the wrong direction. For, for many, many weeks, and for the first time, it seemed like in a long time, uh, stocks were up sharply. The S&P was up 6.5%, and that pretty much reversed uh, what had happened in, in the prior week, the decline that we had seen. We were significantly oversold. There, there was no doubt about that, and so there were some technical factors that, that went into play. And and maybe inflation, I know you, Kirk, talked about it, maybe inflation is seeing signs of potentially peaking. And we'll get into that in a little bit, little bit later today. Um, best performers for the week were the worst performers from the prior week. Consumer discretionary up 8.3%. Healthcare up 8.2%. Worst performers, Harry, energy actually down 1.6%. Mm-hmm. And materials down um, down about two point seven percent. So when you put it all in into perspective, and you look at you know uh, where we finished up as of as of Friday, year to date, the indices down anywhere from <coughs> from twelve to twenty five percent. The best performer of the group, uh, the Dow is down about twelve and a half percent. The S and P is down about is over down seventeen percent. And the NASDAQ, um, you know, trying to claw back down about 25 percent. International stocks down about 18 percent. Emerging markets down 17 percent. And, you know, we uh, we always talk about, you know, the 10-year Treasury. uh, And we'll get into it in a little bit later today. Excuse me, down 12.7 percent year to date. Mm. So best performers, best performing sectors year to date, energy up 32%. The second best performer actually down 2%, which was utilities, and the third best performer, consumer staples down 4.6% on the flip side. Worst performing sectors, consumer discretionary communications services 
information technology down anywhere from 23 uh, to 28 percent. So if you remember, you know, I, I think maybe the last time we were together or the time before that, energy, the sector was up over 50 percent mm. year to date. So we've a, a lot has been taken out of the energy stocks in particular uh, over the last week or two. And that could be a good sign, uh, you know, for the market. And we'll we'll touch that as we get a little bit into today's discussion. Very interesting. I want to give um, a compliment because there haven't been many uh, bestowed upon the Federal Reserve Board or the Fed chair uh, because they, they, they blew it. I mean, they missed the difference between transitory and something that was much more strident in, in terms of uh, inflation. I don't know how they missed it because just as local talk show hosts knew, knew that it wasn't, but they missed it. But one thing I will say about Jerome Powell, I think he is an incredibly decent and honest person. He was asked under oath about high inflation and the, the, the question was basically loaded hoping he would probably say that Putin's war with Ukraine is the reason that we have high inflation. And he immediately said that we had high inflation before Putin's war in Ukraine. I thought that was very intellectually honest. And now he's admitted uh, other difficulties. I I think that's the sign of a person with a great deal of integrity. So, so you look at Powell and the comments that, that he didn't—he did in fact make. Uh, you know, last last week he was up on Capitol Hill and he and um, he, he said the Fed's not trying to provoke a recession. And and uh, there's all kinds that of, I don't think I believe. And and, and, but. and, and you and I know that you and Kirk talked about it last hour. You know, we are maybe on the precipice of potentially getting there. Uh, well, so it, what do it, they say? It, Whoever controls, you know, the numbers gets to, you know, win the game because they can say whatever they want. I, I don't I do not see this dishonest government coming out and saying that the economy contracted again. I don't see it, Chuck. So I, I'm going to I'm going to almost and, and, set the set the table that we're going to have at least like a one percent growth. Okay, I mean, there is indications that we have seen flat, slightly negative, slightly positive. And if we well, are slightly, slightly negative. negative, then we quote unquote, we are at a recession. Yeah. And it's I, and, I, I say they're not going to allow that to occur. Yeah. Mark the tape. Eight fourteen forty eight seconds on June 28th, the day after Margie's birthday. You can wish Margie a happy birthday, I, Chuck. Harry, I was one of the first. Thank to you. Send your wife a beautiful Thank text you. yesterday. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck. Um, she's amazing. So are you. So we've marked the tape now with all these pleasantries. They are not going to allow it to be negative because they're dishonest. So, so if you if you listen, listen to Powell and what he said. I'm not calling. And by the way, for the record, I'm not calling him dishonest. He's honest. No, you just you mentioned that before. The government is dishonest. Uh, so, so they're not. He said they're not trying to provoke a recession. But it, it is obviously it's possible as the central bank you know, continues to tighten uh, to, to restrain inflation. Now, well, let's by definition, Chuck, isn't now I say he's honest. And then here's this statement. I don't believe that statement, but I still think he's a gen, genuinely and generally honest person. Of course, they're pushing the economy to have a major slowdown. That's what they need to do to stop the inflation, isn't it? 
They do, Harry. And, and, and I will tell you, uh, get off topic here just for a second. In, in my travels uh, last week, and um, it, where, I mean, I was in, in Las Vegas visiting uh, friends and family, went to California. Was for, it hot? For a couple of days. It was warm. It was hot. Hundy? Over. Whew. But there, where we were visiting, uh, whether it was in restaurants or in casinos or on the, uh, on the left coast, so to speak, as they say, uh, one of your favorite baseball teams happens to you know play <laughs> not far from where we were. The Yankees and, were on the road no, traveling. They were, no, they, we didn't not see just them. Teasing. But the there, there was no. I mean, Harry, there was no sign of quote unquote um, a slowdown or, or a recession, and and may, and that's what maybe that's what the Fed is seeing because they they say that inflation is coming down, but you know I think one of the major factors, and we all talk about it. you talked about it last hour with these food prices and energy prices and and i think the fed is kind of you know backed into a corner uh you know obviously you, you know the ongoing war in ukraine uh is taking a toll the supply chain disruptions that are coming still out of china um it's gonna might be a little more difficult for this quote-unquote soft landing to occur um I don't see it. Chuck, let's get the break in. We'll be right back. If you have more on that, we'll come right back to it. And much more content, much more important content straight ahead. With Chuck Malamut, the best in the business for all of your financial planning needs, give Chuck a call, 609-383-2010. That's 609-383-2010. If I've inspired you to call Chuck, mention that to him during your conversation. You'll be very pleased with their systems, with their attention to detail and their perfected concept of total asset management, coupled with the all-important asset allocation. With Chuck Malamut, I am firing on all cylinders once again. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Come. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. 20 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malama talking all about your financial matters. I almost suspect you were near mid-sentence when we went into the break because I don't want to go too far into this um, segment's time. So I turn it back to you, Chuck. No, Harry, we pretty much okay. uh, we we pretty much covered, you know, Powell, his discussion. I know you don't ever talk about what you think versus what you know. Do you think a soft landing is in the offering? I think it's going to be very I think it'll be very very difficult. I, do too. I don't think the Fed has too many tools in in the toolbox right yeah. now and and their 2% target with respect to inflation, uh it, it's going to be it, we can get there but Harry I don't think we're going to get there anytime soon. It, it's going to take us, you know, several years. And, you know, it's pretty evident that growth is is starting to uh, to slow down. Um, there's a uh, in the environment we're in, it would have to. There's an indice called the Flash Purchasing Managers Indice, and and it, it, it was the most recent reading that came out uh, showed that not only here in the U.S. but the eurozone and other developed economies are starting to see some slowdowns um and and pmi as we know it uh, decelerated to a 23 month low uh the eurozone to a 22 month low so uh, we haven't seen harry those levels since we had uh the omicron wave about five months ago Uh, although we are above 50 Mm. and as long as we are above that that 50 number 
th- that uh, separates growth uh, from contraction. So the other thing to note, last week interest rates came down f- uh, fairly sharply. Good. Uh, because the rising recession fears and as w- and the price of raw materials also de- uh, decreased. Good. Now, you know, the Fed published um, last week uh, their their paper, they call it, and they put the odds of recession over the next 12 months at about 50% and the probability of one over the next two years at about 66%. So we're, look, we're going to – we're going to have a recession. I mean, we're going to have recessions, you know, th- over the rest of our life. We just it, don't it know just when. just doesn't know when. And I think – It could be very soon. And I th- Yeah, it could be soon. But I think it's a matter of the magnitude of the recession. You I'm know, predicting – How deep we, and how long. We will not have a recession – in the next couple of weeks for the reasons I said in the first segment because they're rigging the game. I think that we've earned it, but and not by dramatic amount. Uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where the, 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 um, the negative number would be in the, you know, fractional to 1% type range. I think they're just going to find a way to make it look better. Are we ready to go on to U.S. home sales? Because I have a quick comment. We are. Is that where we're going? We are. I, I did something that I typically only do when Jim Alamut and Joanne Daly are here, I went to Zillow, which I, I know it's not the oracle of real estate, but it's at least something. And when you track it over a long period of time like we do. So ever since the real estate just started booming, we've checked it about once or twice every month. There's never been a time where the growth hasn't been in the green. Chuck, what's the Ponderosa up right now? Uh, plus 17%. No, plus 1.7. 1.7. That's over the last 30 days. It has been consistent for this whole period of growth. Uh, so I know this is part of the conversation you're going to have relative to uh, how real estate is doing, but but the prices are it's reaching all, new it's, highs. It's all about inven- Harry, it's, it's, it's all about inventory. So, so existing home sales uh, in, in our country fell 3% in the month of May to the weakest level that we had seen since the early months of, of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Low inventories of unsold homes continue to push prices higher. The median sales price uh, right now breaking above and through 400000 to actually $407,000. And that's an increase of about 14.8% uh, year over year. How, however, the one thing I think you need to be uh, paying attention to here is that new home sales uh, unexpectedly rose uh, 10.7% in May. Wow. And, and that, that's obviously good news in, in spite of the fact. So that means people are building in, houses. In spite of the fact that these interest rates, as we know, it's the third, you know, the 30-year uh, mortgage rates uh, up to almost to 6%. And it's the highest number we have seen since 2008 so you have kind of a push-pull here you're, you're you're getting people that are getting that are now priced out of the market because you have rising prices because of low inventory and higher interest rates so uh, you know it's a matter of where they all converge and 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 in reality the you know those and i think you guys covered this um um uh, last hour 
those that rent are really in a pickle yeah. uh, versus those that own because these rental prices, prices are, are going up you know, 10 to 15% over the last year. And some a lot more than that. But then, you know, it's all relative because I remember having a 15 or so percent mortgage rate with AAA credit in 1981. And 6%. Doesn't sound so bad when you look at something like that. Well, but I agree. But six percent coming from you know three and a half to three point eight percent is obviously it's 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 almost a double, and it's it's a matter of how many people get priced out uh, as these as these rates move higher. So By the way, this is not. I don't think this is on the agenda, but I'm going to throw it in real quick. There was some discussion, and when I say discussion, I'm not saying official discussion. There was chatter about the next rate increase would be a full point. I don't see anything like that happening. Do you? I, I think a lot of it is dependent upon all the data. And if, because if I said last month, if you remember, that CPI was going to come down. Yes. And it, it did not. Yeah. And if you remember, it, it sent, sent the markets into a tizzy. And, and now we're just, you know, back hopefully in that recovery phase. And the question is, with the markets, Harry, are we in a... Uh, did, did we were obviously in a bear market in the S and P and the Nasdaq, but did we in fact uh, hit that you know that intraday low in the middle of June? And you know we've we have moved higher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some some pundits are saying no, the rally that we're seeing is a technical rally in nature. Uh, it's a bear market. It's going to continue. Uh, profit margins are going to continue to get squeezed. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. About two minutes before the bottom of the hour break, Chuck, what are international banks doing? So what we're seeing, Harry, is not only your interest rates being are, are increasing here domestically, but they're also, you know, uh, outside of the U.S. You know, last week, the Bank of Mexico raised their rates three quarters of a percent to seven and three quarters. It wow. was the largest increase in that country since 2008. Uh, Norway, uh, at the same time, hiked their rates uh, sh- more sharply than, than expected. And, um, you know, its policy rate, sort of very similar to the Fed fund rate, increased 50 basis points or one-half of 1% to one and a quarter percent And they also signaled that, that look, we're going to probably have a rate hike in August rather than in September, as, as previously expected. So, you know, that shot heard around the world, Harry, it's not just us. It's, you know, the, these high inflation numbers uh, are, are pretty much everywhere, no matter where you go at this, at this juncture. Very interesting. Let's go to the bottom of the hour break. We'll come back strong with Chuck Malamut in just a little bit. For all of your financial planning needs, turn to the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program, Chuck Malamut, 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010. You're going to like, like Torp the Torpy. You're going to love Kristen, the entire team, Chuck, of course. Uh, and if we've advised you or recommended that you give them a call, tell them that 609-383-2010. When we come back, we're going to talk about, oh, I love this. It's Bobby Thompson-ish. The shot heard round the world with Chuck Malamut next. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. We thank you for it, and we know it's all because of you. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Stockton University has an absolutely awesome 
Summer Youth Rowing Program. We have all the details. 27 great students are taking part as we speak. The Ventnor City Police have charged a 55-year-old Ventnor man with luring and enticing a child. Uh, It's a horrible, horrible situation, an allegation. And another expensive new hire by the Atlantic City Board of Education. That and more. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Lots of sunshine and blue sky, comfortably warm temperatures, dry weather, low humidity, low risk of rip currents. Sounds like a beautiful summer day to me. Partly to mostly sunny today, high temperature around 80 degrees. We'll see a few clouds tonight, comfortable low of 60. And warming up tomorrow, high of 84 with sunshine and passing clouds, reaching for 88 on Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is Tuesday morning in the 8 o'clock hour, so you know we're visiting with Chuck Malamut, the official, the exclusive financial advisor for the Hurley in the Morning program. Chuck, I never got to say this on your program before. The shot heard around the world. I love it. So, Harry, uh, the, you know, word of the day, uh, word of the week, word of the month, uh, we can, you know, it's, it's all about inflation. Uh, continue to make new highs, not only here in our country, but also overseas as well. The U.K. reported uh, its consumer price index rose to 9.1% year wow. over year in May. Uh, Canada, their CPI rose 7.7% over that same time period. But the one thing I think you need to really take a look at here is that, you know, we've had a, a, a fairly steep decline in the, in the price of, of copper. We've also had a price decline with oil. And it, and it suggests that maybe these inflationary pressures that we're seeing and expecting to, to move down maybe are, are in fact, you know, starting to, to move down. Um, you know, we're not going to know for, for a couple more weeks, but Harry, the... Are the sm- is smart money or the smart guys, they believe we've peaked? Yes. Yes. And... and, and, and that would be know, fantastic. The core, See, I don't root for us to do bad you know, for some election reason. The expect- I, I hope yeah, this is true. Look, the expectation is that, that core U.S. inflation is probably going to fall to the 4 to 5%. Uh, range even even in the absence of, of quote unquote a recession. However, if if in fact we do have a recession and labor uh, market weaknesses at the same time, uh, that would be required to move inflation back from that four percent number uh, to the Fed's two percent target. There, um, there is such a dour mood though uh, that it can't it just can't be denied if we're being honest. And what does that mean for just business optimism, you know, how people are feeling uh, in terms of confidence? So, so business confidence uh, in, in our country has, has moved significantly in the wrong direction mm. in this year. Uh, the, the war in Ukraine, uh, the lockdowns in China, inflationary pressures, uh, so the supply chain. Are the lockdowns in China over? Not well. They are until you have a case of COVID. Yeah, there you go. You know the the, the prolonged um, 
market market weakness, supply chain disruptions, the tight labor market. Uh, that's all weighing on businesses right now. So it's very, very hard. Chuck Malama continues the discussion all about your financial matters. Uh, energy stocks you talked about earlier. You have a follow-up about that. Yeah, so Harry, um, you, you, you know, what, what is happening, you know, with, with energy, we are starting to see, you know, prices at the pump. You know, they've come down here. Not, I mean, not to the expectations that we wanted to see, but they, they well, I've noticed, for example, if, you, if we want to just say $5 where it was for a gallon of regular unleaded, it's about four eighty-five right now. So it's, yeah, it's come I, I, down. So, so what happened in, in, in the equity markets, you know, energy stocks have, have finally cracked. When hey, you, by the way, is this federal tax holiday that... The it's president, not, not yet. It's not happening. Not, not yet. Well, it hasn't. It's, well, it's the been, speaker won't even post it. She's not in favor I don't, of it. I don't, we don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. But here's what happened with the energy stocks. If you look at, at their action, as I started the show today, as I mentioned, it was a leading, still is the number one uh, best performing sector in the S&P, but has come down fairly dramatically over the last couple of weeks. So maybe with those energy stocks finally cracking, uh, that's another good sign that the bottoming process that we've that we see have taken place in the equity markets um you know what they say the strongest are the ones that survive yeah so is this so what has in fact happened with those stocks selling off uh you know the, the strongest ones are usually the last ones to decline that in fact happened so maybe we in fact put this bottom in in the equity markets but how you know look um you know, only time, only time will tell. We, we, you know, it's easy to say, you know, ring the bell. Okay, you know, we, we hit the we hit the uh, the bottom middle of June, so let's rev up the engines and get invested. However, the one thing I think that your your um, your listeners need to be aware of is a is a what we refer to as called a a bull uh, bear market uh, ratio, so to speak. And uh, that ratio of 0 0.6, 0 0.6, Harry, it's the lowest reading we have seen since March of 2009. Wow. Do you remember March of 2009? Oh, vividly. The, the financial crisis. Yeah. Uh, and that was the, when we, the last bear market bottom. So, you know, a lot of things are lining up uh, in, in spite of what you're hearing on the day-to-day -day talk, you know, especially coming out of the, the negative media bias with respect to what's going on here. So is this why the Dow, for example, leading indicator, is this why it was fighting to stay above 30,000, but now has come back beyond 31,000 something because they're looking six, 12 months down the road and they see things better, it seems. Well, I, I think you're right, be right, Harry. It, it, you know, I hope the, it's true. The, the Dow was the only of the three majors that did not go into a um, um, bear. bear market. The other two, obviously, you know, were well entrenched at this point in time. This is, I think, interesting. Uh, it's something that maybe a lot of our listeners wouldn't regularly follow, but because we're blessed to have Chuck every single week giving us what's going on in real time, the Fed does an annual stress test. How did it go? So the bank stress tests, um, you know, were very, 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 very success successful. Um, you know, Harry, uh, thirty-four large banks are, are tested annually. And uh, it, it, what they're testing for is can, can we and can those companies withstand a, a severe recession? And, and collectively, under that severe scenario, 
the banks would lose more than $600 billion, but would be able to continue lending to household and businesses. So, so they passed a stress test. Um, and when that happened, actually, there were four banks yesterday that either initiated a st- stock buybacks, um, one of which happened to be Morgan Stanley. And, and at the same time, um, some of these, there were another number of banks that are increasing their dividend as well. Interesting. So the financial services sector was dead for a long time. So maybe this was you know, something that we needed for somewhat of a resurgence. You commented that the Dow Jones Industrial Average did not enter into bear market. You mentioned earlier the S&P 500 did. What's next? So, Harry, you know, when you take a look at, at, um, at the S&P 500 and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, how long, you know, does it take to get out of the bear market, you know, back into, quote, unquote, a bull market? You know, we've had 10 separate bear markets between 1950 and 2021. And, and each time, the, the S&P 500 did, in fact, recover and, and achieved, um, achieved new all-time closing highs each, each and every time. The average length of time that it took to retrace its steps from the bear market low to a new closing high was slightly over two years, about 25 and a half months. The quickest recovery... Uh, occurred just in three months. That was in 1980, 1982. So I think, Harry, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're getting there. It's just a matter of, um, you know, how long does it take to get out to move onward, onward and upward? Very interesting. We'll take our final break. We're going to come right back strong with more important contact, uh, content. Chuck mentioned about the buyback, and there's a buyback boom. We're going to ask Chuck, what's that all about? When we come back, as Chuck Malama continues his discussion all about your financial matters, again, to reach Chuck. It's very simple to do. I did it yesterday. I needed to speak to Kristen about something. 609-383-2010. It's that simple. And they're very, very responsive in terms of service. 609-383-2010, the Malamut Group at Morgan Stanley. 43 minutes past the hour. With Chuck Malamut, I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's talk station. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 46 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut. I'm Hurley in the morning. Chuck is talking all about uh, your financial matters. So, Chuck, what is the story with the buyback boom? What's it all about? So, Harry, what what has happened, you know, in the market decline that we've seen, the, all the volatility in particular in the first quarter, it did not prevent, you know, U.S. companies from continuing to spend record amounts uh, to buy back their shares and distribute dividends. Uh, for, for companies that were in the S&P 500, uh, the, the total shareholder return from first quarter buybacks and dividends was a record $420 billion, Harry. That's up from the previous quarter, which was slightly over $400 billion. Uh, so, what is, and as I mentioned to you just a few minutes ago, you know, with, with the bank stress test passing, you're, you're continuing to see these stock buybacks. Because, you know, if you, if you believe in your company and you have cash on the balance sheet and, and, and you're not going to uh, redeploy it into the, into, uh, 
you know, plants and equipment and, uh, you know, improvement of, of, of your particular uh, properties and facilities. And what better way uh, it, to keep your stock price hopefully higher by buying back your shares? So that is that isn't that it happened in the quarter and it's going to continue to quarter. It's going to continue as well as we get to, uh, you know, through, I think, the end of this year. Chuck, this is not on the agenda, but I want to put it on the agenda briefly, and I know you have other topics you want to cover. I'm watching the executive um, action that's being taken with, like, they're picking and choosing certain winners to completely forgive their student loans. This is so, the inequity of all this is is maddening to me. Have you been tracking this? Well, Harry, there was a a, a for-profit school. We talked about this, I think, right at our last time together. Uh, where the the government the school went bad, uh, and, and well, they picked three schools recently. Uh, I'm not going to name them, but two of them are off the tip of my tongue. Uh, several of these online schools, if you had loans with them, your loans are forgiven. This is federal loans, not if you went uh, conventional. Uh, but I'm saying they're also forgiving people that have worked for not for profits. They're forgiving people that have certain public employment jobs. They have they have forgiven hundreds of thousands of people over the past several months. I just I don't know how they. Yeah, I don't know how you, I don't I don't know how you pick and choose. I think it's and, terrible. And, and 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 you know that's a whole other discussion. Um, Do you think there's a chance now? So you you and I have a theory about not restarting payments right before this critical midterm election, but the president evidently is going to be coming out with a decision about when this all restarts and all of this i, I find it uh, very harry I, I find it very difficult to to understand and certainly believe that this close to the finish line i know um as we call it that they're going to say okay uh start you're paying gonna, again gonna start you're going to resume your student debt uh paying you think, repayments you, you think that the next decision will just be to make it until the end of the year, I think you kick the can down the road, and I, I think the I think Biden has forced, you know, one of the campaign promises. I'm going to reduce your student debt. Yeah, uh, I I don't know how you do that, Harry. I don't know how you, as you mentioned, you know, how do you you know look you paid. What about all the people that have paid these? You things? paid for your educate your children's educations. You took out loans. You're paying back those loans, and where do you draw the line in the sand say well okay you know uh who pays and who doesn't i know it's terrible uh, if they forgave them all it, then all the people that paid their loans what do you do to them exactly that's not fair yeah, it's it's not fair at all so this is not wild all right well thank you for uh humoring me now i know you talked about the uh, 10-year treasury bond do you have more i do harry so the the 10-year the 10-year treasury uh think about this year to date now the, the rate the interest rate tied to the ten-year treasury has almost has has doubled. We were at one and a half percent as we ended up uh, the end of 2021. Close of business yesterday, three point one seven percent, and 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 the ten-year did trade as high as three and a half percent. You know, not too long ago, it's been that you know three to three and a half, and we we kind of we're kind of in that range. Harry, here's something but no inverted yield curve no, action. well we were there but we were. only we're only for a slight yeah. moment but yeah. but harry i i think what you really need to to understand here and your listeners as well harry over the last 60 years 1962 to where we are now the yield on the the 10-year treasury note 
has never doubled, never doubled over the course of a calendar year. Wow. So that's interesting. Well, yeah, it's very, very interesting. And but to to the point of does that make it like a serious problem for something that's never occurred before? Well, look, think about think about the amount of money that we that the government, we as a country Mm -hmm. spend on interest expense. Yeah. Which is going up. Yes. I mean, and forget the fact that, you know, look at, look at the, you know, our outstanding debt, you know, continues on and on, on and on and on. But in addition to that, the, you know, it's sort of that pile on where, you, where you're paying more and more for, for that outstanding debt. And um, uh, it'll be very interesting to see as we get to the end of the year if, if this, in fact, is, is, a, is a first or not. This is, this is such a big deal because if consumer confidence is high it can really i think do wonders in terms of people feeling confident spending so consumer sentiment really matters it's not so good right now chuck so in the month of june harry um you know you know consumer sentiment of of the of the american shopper an indicator of how optimistic or pessimistic consumers feel about their finances. So in June, we fell to the to the lowest level ever. Uh, you know, consumer sentiment, Harry, has been tracked on a monthly basis going back to early nineteen early nineteen seventy eight. So um, if the consumer, as you mentioned, is feeling a little sour and dour, is this um, is this really reminiscent of the nineteen seventies? It feels like that. I don't think we're there yet, Harry. I think it's 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 always a little bit different. Um, you know, nineteen seventies. Remember, we we, we have, had odd even days for we gas. Have, we a lot have of problems. we do have energy and we have oil, and it's we're not expensive. and we're not driving as much as we were driving back then. And and yes, it is more expensive, significantly more. But I don't think we are where we were. You know, when we were you know kids growing up. That's for sure. Well, this one is maybe going to surprise some of Chuck Malamut's listeners relative to high wage earners, because I think a lot of people listening just think for high wage earners, this is just if you don't like paying more, you're aggravated, but you don't have any worries because you make more and you have the ability to pay more. High wage earners are feeling the pinch. Harry, I was absolutely shocked when I saw this a couple weeks ago. And I said, I you know, the next time we're together, we have to definitely include it. Harry, 35% of U.S. households in our country right now making at least a quarter of a million dollars a year, $250,000 a year before tax income, are now living paycheck to paycheck. I, I mean, that goes back to... Stunning. To, you know, you know planning effective planning and you know we always talked about this uh, you know to be able to educate um you know kids when they're in school about budgeting and how important it is and planning we, effective planning versus no planning and so we have done and, and this and you know think about this you know 35 percent of the households in our country earning a quarter million dollars a year are living paycheck to paycheck, Harry? I think, I mean, that's well. That's I think it's relative because people spend according to what they make, uh, and then when you have a downturn, they are dramatically affected, just like the lower middle wage earners are. 
And we're in an environment where you can't help it. You have to spend more right now. That $4.99 rotisserie chicken is now $12. Yeah, but Harry, even before that. I'm just saying, though, but, but people are spending more, aren't they? They are, but but think about the savings rate for a second, because you know the personal savings rates, which which absolutely skyrocketed in the early months of the pandemic. Yes, you know have have now fallen back to these pre-pandemic levels. But people were getting extra money and the, stuff. Yeah, the savings rate was seven point eight percent in before the pandemic. It shot up to thirty three percent. You know, in April of two thousand and twenty, now we're back to about four and a half percent. And that's the most recent number that was reported as of the end of April of this year. It's Harry. That this is the this is a little concerning. the The four point four percent rate is the lowest recorded in our country since September two thousand and eight. All right. So I'm buying what you're selling. We're spending more. We're saving less. Now we're going to move to the Social Security Trust Fund. And ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to like what Chuck is about to share. And I especially don't like what Chuck has to share because I'm trying to break. The, the 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 schneid here of not being a repeat of my father that paid into Social Security his entire life and got exactly squato. Uh, same thing for my dad as well, Harry. You're you're good. You're 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 close. You're gonna get your money. I'm trying. You're gonna get your money. I'm trying. I'm gonna... <laughs> trying to get there, man. <laughs> but so Harry, the 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 Social Security Trust Fund uh, paid out fifty nine billion dollars more. More than it took in than it received in 2020. So it's officially in the red. It's the but Harry, here's what I guess. Good Why news, is Medicare in good shape, but Social Security? So we'll hold that for a second. All right. So here's the good news. Here, good news, bad news. It's the only. It's the only the second time. The bad news with respect to Social Security. It's the second time in 25 years that costs have exceeded income. So you know we you know we we talk about you know Social Security. Is it here for how long? What, what kind of revisions they're going to make? Uh, chances are, and, 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 you know, no politician, you know, ever wants to get near an entitlement. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine no. a politician saying, hey, you know, look, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to cut your Social Security or I'm going to tax you more for your Social Security wages that you might receive at some future point in time. They know what that means. That is their political death. And so they avoid that at all costs. But, but at some point, though, right. you know, I don't remember the exact numbers, Chuck, but it wasn't that long ago that you had, you know, a certain number of workers covering a certain number of retirees. And that math keeps getting it's like one to one now. Mm-hmm. Like you can't call out sick today. No, and I can't either. You're supporting a lot of people. Yeah, there's somebody counting on us. So it's getting tight. So here's talking about Medicare. We'll kind of we'll final minute wrap up with yeah. this. So. The, the trust fund supporting Medicare Part A, and that's the hospital insurance, is projected to be depleted oh. by 2028. Okay. And, and um, you know, the, the long-term 75-year present value shortfall in this trust fund could be corrected, could be corrected Here immediately Here goes. with a 0.7% uh, point increase in compliance find Medicare payroll taxes. There you, there go. you go. Higher taxes. There you go. From, from 29 to 3.6%. Or, Harry, an immediate 15% reduction in Medicare expenditures. Chuck, 10 seconds. So we don't have time to delve into it. But, but yes or no, if you agree or disagree, we have a serious baby boomer situation that's Absolutely. about to hit. Absolutely. 
Hey, Harry, um, great seeing you again. You're back in action. You look great. Thank you, Um, We'll talk to you real soon. 609-383-2010. 609-383-2010 to reach Chuck Malamut. Dr. Newkirk making a house call next on Early in the Morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Chuck Malamut. Chuck Malamut is is packing his hermetically sealed briefcase. Uh, He's like a superhero. There's a cape blowing in the wind. Uh, Side profile as Chuck exits the studio. Chuck, have a great day. See you, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Newkirk is making a house call. He is here. Dr. Mark Newkirk, this is our twice-per-month visit with Dr. Newkirk, typically on the first and third Tuesday of every month, the third Tuesday of this month, uh, your humble, unassuming uh, public servant was in the throes of COVID-19, which Dr. Newkirk knows all about. Uh, I haven't gone into any length about it, but it was it was extremely unpleasant uh, and and persistent even for a period. Took me 11 days uh, to test negative again. It was just a beast that just did not want to let go. But, of course, some people test positive for three months, even longer. But you're not in a position where there's a viral load that you're going to be passing it around. But you could still test positive. Testing positive isn't necessarily the um, the, the biggest indicator. It's, it's really your symptoms. If you're not shedding, if you're not presenting with symptoms, the uh, CDC has gotten extremely uh, liberal, I think, is the right word to use, but I use it in a clinical sense, not a political sense relative to that. So, Dr. Newkirk, I sent him a text. I said, Doc, no show, COVID-19. And uh, he's a good friend. He wished me well and we had a brief conversation and text messages about it. So, Dr. Newkirk is here because of that. And Newkirk Family Veterinarians, they offer both traditional medicine and surgery. So, all of that that you would expect and also what Dr. Newkirk calls, um, you would call it maybe holistic or alternative care. And Dr. Newkirk has a very cool uh, term for it, uh, complementary medicine, which I like. I like that because it's, it's factually accurate. It's what Dr. Newkirk does. He uses all these things, um, sometimes employing a bunch of them, traditional and complementary uh, just depending on the case. Dr. Newkirk and his team, they're available at 609-645-2120. They're at 3085 English Creek Avenue in Egg Harbor Township on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. Dr. Newkirk, welcome to your program, and thank you for giving me a one-week reprieve. Well, you're very welcome. I'm glad you're feeling better, and uh I remember I had it, too. It knocked me down. Oh, not pleasant. Uh, but you know what? I went 806 days uh, without getting it until I ran right into it. So 
and it, and I think you see it. I mean, this particular there's two new variants spinning off of this Omicron, which is already, a, I guess, either a variant or subvariant, and it's more contagious than ever. But unless you're really unlucky or with the comorbidities on top of everything, most people are able to recover from it, fortunately. Yeah, um, I actually had it twice, so it was uh, no fun. Now, you actually... The original and then the Omicron. Yeah, I was going to say, you had Delta and Omicron. Yeah. Did you... Now, did you... Was Omicron less severe than the Delta? Um, No, they both hit me pretty much the same. Uh, Yeah, I was... I was down. So yeah, I I would say the same. Anybody was saying Omicron is like, oh, you didn't even know it. Yeah, you didn't. Then then you're lucky then because that was not my experience. I had three days in particular, and and it took probably, and I'm still not perfect, but but I'm I'm clear and you know I'm not contagious or anything. Where anybody you know I wouldn't be here if that was the case, but it takes a while to get your vitality back uh, after this thing. This thing is very, uh, very challenging, isn't it, Doc? Um, it is, and uh, I got some infusions the first time, um, uh, which of uh, vitamins, et cetera, uh, up at um, Dr. Genozzi's place in Galloway, and that really helped quite a lot. Did you also do, when you had Delta, did you do the monoclonal antibodies? Um, no, I had that uh, the first time uh, that I had it in uh, January, and it helped some. But until I got the infusions, uh, it was it was rough. The second one, I just kind of toughed on through. One of the things that I'm doing, Doc, and we'll see if you agree or disagree with it. Uh, my doctor obviously agrees with it, and I'm a compliant patient, so I'm doing it, and I'm gonna probably do it for another two weeks. Then I'll cut it back in half to where I usually am. The vitamin D3. No matter what your age, very important with this um, because this is about inflammation. The the COVID nineteen, the, the the inflammatory damage that it does, the vitamin D three and also zinc. So I I'm doubling up instead of fifty milligrams. I'm taking I spread it out a little bit during the day. I'm taking a hundred, so I'm taking two of them, and then I typically take daily. 5,000 IU of vitamin D3, I'm now taking 10,000 and I take it all in one shot. Uh, So I'm going to continue to do 10,000 a day for about another two weeks. Then I'll go back down to 5,000. The the vitamins uh, are said to be, by those who are in the know on this uh, virus, this beast of a virus, are very important. Yeah, it has a lot to do with the immune system, and interestingly, in uh, dogs, we're able to measure vitamin D now, and with chronic uh, gastrointestinal disease and with cancer, uh, pretty much all these dogs are really low in vitamin D. So part of our cancer therapy now is adding vitamin D3 to these guys. There you uh, go. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is the human experience right now, the American people if you're not taking, uh, unless you're out in the sun, a tremendous amount, and then of course you're juggling, you know the, um, the the moving chainsaws with getting too much sun and what can happen relative to to potential skin cancer and things like that. 
if you're not getting enough sun, and it's almost all Americans are not getting enough vitamin D3 or vitamin D through the sun, almost everybody, all the doctors I talk to, Dr. Newkirk, say that the American people, just generally speaking, habitually, are low vitamin D. I was low vitamin D until I started taking the uh, the D3. Yeah, and especially as we age, and we're not metabolizing it uh, as well as we should. Of course, most of us have uh, diets that are less than optimal, and uh, everybody's been scared about, oh, the sun and melanoma and all that, uh, and rightly so, yep. but, you know, there's a, there's a middle ground uh, that you need, you know. So uh, we see uh, this a lot with our reptiles. In fact, they have to have special reptile lights so they get the, the vitamin D. Uh, if they don't, and, and some people make the mistake, and if you're listening out there, so, oh, I have my uh, reptile in the window and the sun comes in. Well, the problem is the glass of the tank and the glass of the window blocks the particular rays that they need. So and that's not sufficient. So if you're doing that, um, you're making a big mistake. Ooh, it's important. That's important information. I'm going to just fl- throw out onto the floor a discussion about ticks. In the past month, and I'm going back about a month, somebody I know very, very well, two ticks in about a one or two week period. Now, that's anecdotal, but that kind of tells me that are we having a heavy tick season? You know, uh, I'm surprised that I haven't seen more, but I think people are so aware of this now that they've started with their dogs anyway and the tick control uh, early on. And, of course, on on our show here, we've talked about tick control and getting started on it uh, April, May. So I uh, can't say I've seen tons and tons of ticks, but I'm thinking, uh, but also at the same time, everybody seems to be coming in already on uh, tick control. And it's important to understand the words control versus preventative. And some people think that the newer products prevent ticks, and that is not true. Um, if you read the fine print, it says helps prevent Lyme disease. It doesn't say prevent ticks from getting on your dog. So nothing on this earth is a repellent. Every tick has to get on the dog or the cat to contact the medication and then it dies. So sometimes people will come in and say, oh, I tried this, I tried that, and it didn't work because I had ticks on the dog. And no, you don't understand you know, what the way that it works. So important to also then continue to check your pets that come in from outside physically, um, especially the ears, as ticks like that a lot. Uh, they like, let's call it the armpit uh, of dogs, and they like under the tail. So these are some places to really look for the ticks, uh, especially. Um, so we're, we're going to be... Uh, of course, in Mother Nature's parasite season, mosquitoes take fleas for the next few months. Uh, fleas will be coming uh, usually July 4th. Uh, it starts to get hot and humid, and the fleas, that's what they're waiting for. So uh, they'll be out uh, declaring their Independence Day and coming out in droves as well. Oh, I love what you just said. That is so good. We're going to take the one and only time out that we take during Dr. Newkirk's program, but I'm going to put – this is – 
This is going to be such a great opportunity, not only for Dr. Newkirk to shine in the next segment, but to give you the blueprint. Here is my question, and it is very wide-ranging, Dr. Newkirk, and you have these few minutes during the break. You, you could just fly with it with no break, but you'll have these few minutes to get your thoughts together. To someone listening right now that's either going to get a dog or a cat or a pet of some kind, what is your recommendations as their plan going forward to try and look, you can run into bad luck, you can run into cancer, you can run into a lot of things, an accident or anything can happen. But what but but if you do the right things, then you increase your odds. What are the things that people should do to maximize the lifespan of their pets? What should they be doing from day one going forward? That's my wide ranging question to Dr. Newkirk, who's talking all about your pets right here on Hurley in the Morning, and to reach Dr. Newkirk to make an appointment, 609-645-2120. On the web at Newkirk, N-E-W-K-I-R-K, NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. If I've inspired you to call the doc, please tell him that. With Dr. Newkirk, I am Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 23 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. We are visiting with the great Dr. Mark Newkirk. Newkirk Family Veterinarians, a trusted name in pet care for more than four decades. You can reach Dr. Newkirk at 609-645-2120. 609-645-2120 to make an appointment on the web. And they've got the portal. They've got the really a lot of great information. And you're going to see whenever there's any specials that are going on, whether it's for blood work, whether it's for dental, you really want to stay close to that because these are things you need to stay on top of. And why not time them for when you can get the best bang for your buck. So Newkirk does a really good job uh, letting you know in advance if a particular month, for example, has a certain special going on. You're going to know about it right here on the program. NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com on the web. All right, we're going to hold our question. I can't wait uh, for Dr. Newkirk to respond to our question because it really does give Newkirk an opportunity to shine in terms of all the different things that they have to offer uh, you and your pets. But we'll hold that uh, in in favor of your calls at 609-407-1450. You're on the air with Dr. Newkirk. Go right ahead. Good morning, doctor. How are you, sir? Good morning. Doctor, I got a question. It's a two-part question. Um, Over the years, I've had um, Labrador Retrievers. Um, Beautiful dogs. Mm. Haven't had problems. Um, lost them due to old age and been, been lost without them. Um, at the age of 74, I'm trying to figure just, uh, if I start over with a puppy now, am I in for a lot of problems or am I better off 
trying to get one that's maybe at a shelter and work with one at a shelter. And subsequent to that, if I get a young one, how do I justify or how do I start out with a young one uh, and finding out the dental procedure for taking care of the dental, uh, let's say the dental prevention for having any problems for a puppy? Because I wasn't really acutely aware of the dental problems the dogs get until recently after listening to your, your program. Thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, this, yeah, this is an issue as we age, and I'm almost 70, so I understand. Um, and, and my suggestion would be not to get a puppy because that, that Labrador I'm sure he knows from having labs, is going to be a, a rambunctious, active, happy, strong, powerful dog for probably seven, eight years. And unfortunately, as we age, you know, we're not as strong as we used to be. The other thing then would be is, as we know, that there, there are so many animals that need adoption, and because they're grown, then you get to see the personality of the dog. Is he a calmer versus a, a more hyper dog? And there's certainly rescue uh, websites, uh, if you just type in, say, Labrador Rescue, you're going to come up with a, a bunch of sites. And... And crazily, uh, older dogs are less likely to get adopted because everybody wants a young dog. So this is a great place for uh, a person who uh, is not going to be typically out there, you know, running a mile or two a day for this dog. They need tons of exercise, especially when they're young. And, you know, we forget what it's like to train and house train and, and all these things. So I would strongly suggest look up the Labrador Rescue. And, and you know, there might be a dog in Minnesota, for example, that matches what you need. And, and the rescue organizations can get it here typically. So, um and you put in, you know, you discuss with them the kind of dog that you're looking for. I need a, a calmer dog. You know, I don't want an old, old dog. But, you know, let's say a dog is, say, three, four, five, whose personality is set. You know, they've, they've been house trained. Um, you know, all of the puppy shots and all that stuff is gone and done. And, you know, here's a dog that is is calmer, let's say, uh, loving and and needs a home. So this would be a great match, I think. I love that advice uh, because you're right. You bring on something brand new with that ener- that unbridled puppy energy. That's tough stuff if you're not up for it. It is, and and we forget, you know, how much effort that it took on our side to get that dog trained and you know our shoes got chewed up and and you know all that stuff um the other question was the dental and the, the easiest thing with uh the dog is we we teach you how to brush the teeth when uh, uh, dogs are if if he was talking about puppies now when we're when we're uh, when the dogs are real young and we are much stronger, then we can um, start to brush the teeth. But the biggest thing that helps the teeth and is simply easy to do and good for the dog is to give them really large, real, raw bones because they will gnaw on these bones and the bones have enzymes in them to 
keep the dental disease away and we get them big so the dog is chewing really or gnawing on it um, with the side of its teeth which is where all the dental problem comes in and we never see dental disease in the wild and that's because these animals are of course chewing apart meat they're chewing apart bones and if your dog is swallowing little pieces of raw bone it's going to be digestible it's only when you cook them that becomes a problem doc that's like the doggy equipment of the dental hygienist, right, that is scraping the teeth, if there's any plaque buildup or anything, they stay ahead of it because of these things you're talking about. Uh, exactly. And uh, the dogs in general, they love doing this. Um, it's something that keeps them occupied for yeah. uh, many, many minutes at a time. They really love it. Those listening, you know you've seen the pose. You've seen the dog laying down with two front paws holding onto the bone like like they have full functioning hands and not paws. And they, they are good at it. And they just they bear down and they go to work on that thing. They do, and, and they enjoy it. So here we have something that they enjoy, something that keeps them occupied, and a natural way to keep the teeth clean. And once I, I get these dogs and certain clients, and they say, all right, I'll try it, I'll try it, I'll try it. And then, boy, the next time I see them, those teeth are just sparkling white, and the clients are very happy. The dogs are happy. Uh, so it, it's a great thing to do. Don't be afraid of raw bones but they need to be raw. And you want to get those big beef bones so that they're too big to fit inside the mouth because, again, like you said, we want them gnawing yeah. on that thing. Now, you, now, when they get too small, you have the human has to be smart and take it away from the dog and give them a bigger bone all over again. Exactly. Because it can be an awful choke hazard. I saw somebody post on Facebook recently about the dog ingested something. I think they were calling you, as a matter of fact, but the dog ingested something and it was going to involve surgery. So you really want to guard against that kind of thing. All right, that's actually a piece of my question. The question right before we took the gentleman's call that was on the floor was when you're starting out, and we'll say you're getting a puppy, you're getting a brand new, you know, newly born dog or a cat or whatever animal you're, you're getting for the family. What is the strategy, according to Newkirk, and, and, and I'm getting it from like day one here now, what should folks do to increase because you never want to say goodbye, you know, you don't, you don't want to ever have that day. It's going to happen, but you want to, you want to have, you know, healthy life and long life. What can you do to give yourself the best chance of that kind of longevity, that kind of optimal result? Yeah, the, the biggest thing is diet. And, you know, we talk so much about this Especially once, um, if we're getting new puppies and coming in and they want to raise this puppy under a complementary medicine type pro uh, uh, program. Um, so the number one thing is diet. And there's a million foods out there. Um, it, it, the big thing is the ingredient list. We teach you how to read an ingredient list. There's so many loopholes in what the uh, pet food companies are allowed to put on the the labels. But in general, if I had to give some quick recommendations over the phone, um, like Taste of the Wild, for example, uh, the blue brands. In fact, you might be seeing these commercials on TV now where the 
the two dogs and typically two women because women buy the food. Uh, and, you know, they're reading the ingredients of blue versus Purina, and it's like, oh, what am I? What am I feeding this dog? So you know, don't believe all these wonderful things you see on on TV. You know, flip that bag over and read what's in there. And mm. if, basically, if you don't understand what you're reading, then that's probably something false or an additive or a chemical. And you know, don't buy it. Um, so wellness is okay. Blue, uh, the taste of the wild. Uh, you know, that's the number one thing. Number two. If you want to minimize medications and you want to minimize vaccinations um, and medications, you know, for example, I'll get puppies and kittens coming in and they have, um, let's call it a cold. Well, that's a virus. And so giving antibiotics to these animals is totally worthless and can certainly cause side effects, especially to the good guy bacteria in the gut. But consumers want the doctor to do something. And so many times, you know, antibiotics are prescribed. Now, because, because all antibiotics are anti-inflammatory, you do see some result. But, you know, here we are again giving unnecessary medications. So, you know, I try to talk to my clients and tell them, you know, we just need to run this through. It's like if you have a bad cold, it, it's a it's a virus. Virus antibiotics aren't going to do anything. Now there are exceptions to that. You know, some of them come in with secondary bacteria, etc. But just as in in general, you know, we want to minimize antibiotics. If we can treat things locally uh, versus again uh, giving intest- uh, um, systemic antibiotics. Another thing then is to put um, uh, lots of probiotics. So we we need we now know and uh, holistic veterinarians have known, and now you're starting to see this on TV too about the gut biome and you know uh, oh let's eat lots of yogurt and things like that. Um, you know taking care of that gut because the immune system is is going on in there. And then the third thing would be minimizing vaccinations. You know, we really want to, while vaccinations are good, uh, too many vaccines or unnecessary vaccines are bad, in my opinion. So, for example, if I have a little Yorkie that's living in a high-rise in Margate, chances of this dog uh, coming across lots of ticks are pretty small, so I probably won't vaccinate this dog for Lyme. Um, It's not going to be around uh, fox and skunk, and I'm not going to vaccinate for leptospirosis, for example, versus a hunting dog's in the woods all the time. Okay, well, now we have to look at, is he going to be exposed to ticks? Yes, and so the possibilities of Lyme disease go up. So point is, we're going to tailor a vaccine program to each dog. And the other thing about that, which is important, is doing vaccination titers. And titer is a blood test to measure the level of antibodies that you have in your system. And uh, dogs and cats have in their systems. And if that antibody level is still high, then you don't need a vaccine, number one. And if you give one, you're over-vaccinating. And this can certainly cause problems. The issue is is that unfortunately titer testing is a bit expensive and so sometimes people don't want to do that financially. But if we're talking about all right, what are the three best things to do, that would be a great diet, minimize antibiotics, minimize 
minimize vaccination. Closing comment. Um, you know, the heat's coming. Uh, we know July, August, it always gets really, really bad. And uh, as we mentioned before, the fleas will be out. So make sure you're on your flea control, especially people that are uh, over on the islands and, you know, living uh, where the beach sand is. Uh, you know, the sand fleas uh, love the dogs just as much as regular dog fleas, regular cat fleas. Um, you know, th- technically there are different species of fleas, but as far as uh, the fleas, they don't care. You know, they're always after your dog or after your cat. So, uh, you know, be diligent with that. Be careful of the heat, of course. If you're going on long walks, you know, make sure that you have some water available for your dog. Uh, try to walk in the morning and in the evening when it's not so hot. Uh, be real careful about the paw pads uh, because that, even though they're very tough, you know, that is um, can be potentially harmful to the feet. So... Um, those are going to be the best things. And, you know, enjoy your summer, but be careful with yourselves and, and with your dogs. Dr. Newkirk, we will catch up very soon. Have a great day. All right, sir. Have a good one. Great take to, care. Great to be with you. You take good care, too, my friend. 609-645-2120. 609-645-2120. On the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com to reach Dr. Newkirk. 609 again, 645-2120, NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. It is your turn to play if you'd like to jump in. We have some things. We um, we had an opportunity to allow a guest listener to finish on something that was very important to them. So there was a lot of content that we did not get to in the 6 o'clock hour. In between your calls, we'll update you. Also share some local updates with you as well. There's some... Uh, there's a lot of good news out of Stockton University. I'll tell you what, uh, I know some people get upset about different philosophy of this, and you want to say that people are liberal and you don't like certain statements that came out at the time of the Supreme Court decision on uh, that reverse Roe v. Wade. You can, you can, I'll give you all of that. You can disagree philosophically with who you disagree with, but I think it's impossible to disagree with how many good things uh, are going on at Stockton University, whether it's the the tree um, program that they're doing with the syrup, uh, the rowing program, both at the collegiate division three level with the women who are just absolutely fantastic and the up and coming men's program that's still at the club level. But I believe they're going to be uh, D3 in the not too distant future. Uh, a story that we're, we're going to share with you at some point before the end of today's program uh, about the, um, the wonderful youth program. I will tell you, and the great coach Bob Garbett told me this many, many years ago when my daughter was getting ready to go to high school. He said, Harry, if your daughter gets involved in rowing, she will have a four-year scholarship. The scholarships that are available, now that, that information is, is old. So I'm not promising you that today, but there are so many incredible opportunities. Some call it rowing, some call it crew, just tremendous opportunities. I'll never forget that when he said that because he knew that Kristen was tall and she was in good shape. And she said the, he said the scholarships are there, four-year scholarships. There's so many opportunities. You just need to know where to look. All right, much more. Right after this, don't go away. 609 
407-1450 if you would like to check in. This is Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. 45 minutes past the hour if you want to jump in. 609-407-1450. All right, we're going to have a mini segment because we did run a little bit long with Dr. Newkirk, but it was worth it. Let me uh, share with you what I think is just an awesome program at Stockton University that when I tell you that this could be so determinative in a young person's life, a program like this, you think about certain things and you don't realize until later how impactful something was, either a teacher that made a tremendous difference in your life or so many different examples of a moment of truth where you just happen to be somewhere uh, or you met someone and you weren't even you know, looking for a job or something, but you met someone. I've told the story uh, at how I was very fortunate because of a position that I had at a very young age where I met the presidents of every single Atlantic City casino at that time. And that was both properties that were open, which at that point, probably just a couple, but there were at least three or four or five in the development stage. So I had the opportunity to meet all of those. So these moments of truth are really um, quite amazing. And I guarantee you, I, I, I can't prove this because time will tell, but there are 27 students that are a part of this summer's program at Stockton University. And if you go to WPG Talk Radio 95.5, the app, or WPGTalkRadio.com, you can check out the latest regarding the Stockton University Summer Youth Rowing Program. This has always been an amazing program that teaches the sport of rowing in many cases to people that otherwise would not have the opportunity, wouldn't have access to this sport. I mean, you take a typical, I'll call it boat, if you want to call it a shell, which is what they call it. That's over $10,000. And then you have the oars and there's just all kinds of equipment. Uh, If you're doing the things you need to do, you need ergometers and all of this. So, Stockton University, each summer, they have dedicated, and it, it's, it's not cheap. It's, there's a lot to this. They put together a program. They did one in Atlantic City that was amazing. Last summer, the Hurley in the Morning Charity stepped up, and we made a contribution. Senator Gormley made a very big contribution last year to the summer program as well. He's, we mentioned him in the story. He's, he's been supporting Stockton in, in many ways, big and small. In fact, if you look at the, uh, the artwork uh, in the article, you will see the William L. Gormley actual shell, the boat. Uh, and that's something that Senator Gormley, he usually doesn't want any type of fanfare, but it's a little hard to, to say he didn't get by the boat when his name's on the boat. So I think that's not breaking any rules of somebody's privacy uh, because he doesn't want, he's doing these things. He doesn't want any publicity for it or anything. I called it the second act. The first act was very public. The second act is very, very private, but still e- extremely impactful. So 27 students started yesterday, and for five weeks, they will learn the sport of rowing. And I believe it's, I don't know what the, the typical percentages will be, but there will be no doubt a certain number of them 
will wind up being on their high school rowing team, perhaps going to Stockton University and being a part of the collegiate rowing, either uh, Division Three sport or the club. And again, I think that club is going to be a Division Three level before you know it because there's a tremendous commitment to rowing at Stockton University. And it's pretty cool. This particular five-week program is right on the iconic Lake Fred, which if you've ever heard Lake Fred Radio, there is a college radio station. Uh, I think, what are the call letters if I write it down? I think I could figure it out. W-L... Something like WLF something. But it's uh, WLFR, I think it is. Lake Fred Radio. And it's right, this program is right on Lake Fred. And this is the kind of program where you learn a lot of things beyond just how to row a boat. This is the kind of sport that actually teaches a lot of life lessons as well because you're part of a team. So then, of course, it's it's going to impart team-building skills. You're going to get great exercise in this sedentary America that we now call home. You're going to receive expert coaching, and you're going to make new friends. I mean, it's just a wonderful opportunity. So if you want to know all the details, including if you want to help contribute uh, we have where you can do that as well. Uh, on your app, the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app, or if you navigate through your digital devices on the website, WPGTalkRadio.com. We'll be back. One more power segment straight ahead, 609-407-1450. If you'd like to check in, uh, this is really our only wide open forum this morning. We did take uh, Matt's call in the six o'clock hour. If you missed that, check out the podcast. He told a story that was, um, it was amazing actually. I mean, I just never, I never saw it coming, uh, in terms of, uh, what he was sharing. So personal in nature. So check that out. That podcast is usually up within an hour or so after we sign off each morning on the app, just click on the podcast button. 609-407-1450 and open phone, uh, phone line. 609-407-1450. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Run, walk, honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at t2t.org. That's T, the number two, t.org. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash trial. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM. 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you to the great one every evening right here on the station that plays the winners, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Right after Sean Hannity, it is Mark Levin. Now, this happened already to a guest listener that reached out to me over the weekend, and I was happy to assist. I always tell you this. uh, Use me as your human Rolodex. I'm very responsive about getting back. uh, And a listener reached out to me over the weekend, and lo and behold, and now this person is is rather um, prominent, well-known, and they take care of their equipment. And yet this person's cooling system faltered this past weekend. See, it never, there's never a perfect time that this happens. It's always very inopportune. I don't even know how it happened to us, but about five years ago, because our equipment is very new, it's never missed a service call, and all of a sudden on July 4th weekend, I mean, could you imagine a worse possible time? And that's where we are right now. If you haven't taken care of business, it's July 4th weekend, and the temperature is rising. And I'm going to get into the seven signs that you might need to replace your air conditioning system in just a moment, but just to remind you the importance of staying on top of it all the time. It really only involves a checkup at the time of the heating season and a checkup at the time of the cooling season. And then if the air filter needs to be changed or any adjustments have to be made or they see that a part is wearing or it just it's just like going to the doctor or taking your dog to the vet. You, you, when you give the doctor an opportunity to put their hands on the patient, they're able to do things, to diagnose things and, and, and to be preventative. So this listener who takes perfect care of all of his stuff, very meticulous individual, the person's cooling system went down. So I, you know, Johnny on the spot, 609-568-0955 or ambientcomfortnj.com. And and away my friend went because they do uh, weekend and, and odd hour servicing. But obviously you don't want your system. Let me take a quick peek at what you can expect for the next several days. We'll go towards, let's go towards the weekend because, yeah, I mean, your system is going to tell you very, very quickly. We've already been hitting the mid-80s, and we'll do so again over the next couple of days. Then by Thursday, 89 on the mainland, 89 on Friday, 90 on Saturday, June, uh, July 2nd, and then 80 and 83, July 3rd and July 4th, 85, by sort of the first business day back, Tuesday, July 5th. So be guided accordingly. You definitely want to do what you can uh, so that you don't have something happen at the worst possible time, which really one of the worst possible times of the year would be for your heating system, I'm sorry, your cooling system to go down during July 4th weekend. That would be not good. You don't want that for a lot of reasons. And we had it happen. So the, the, I, I speak from experience. Uh, it's the worst possible time. I can't remember what happened even, but something happened and it was an easy fix, but it's not something that uh, we could have done at all. So my friends at Ambient Comfort, 
they give me so I can give you the seven signs that you need to replace your air conditioner. If you've noticed noises, I, I did my imitation, I think the day before yesterday, it might even, even have been yesterday because we had a refrigerator that started to do this. The refrigerator, I guess it's the condenser, I don't know, but it started going, that was not good. But you look and you, you, you can put a thermometer in there and you say, hey, it's still cold. Yeah, well, you know it's not running well. It's not doing well and it's not efficient. So th- th- this just in, this is a technical definition of, of the problem. If you hear your condenser making noises, how's it go? Just like that. And I'm I'm serious. That's what it was doing. I said, hey, Margie, this isn't good. So we didn't mess with it. We just got a new refrigerator. But um, because a lot of this stuff, you know, you just don't know anymore. If the microwave breaks, you get a new microwave. If the the DVR, uh, what's it called? Not DVR, uh, V8, not VHS. What's it called? A DVD player. Do you even have that anymore? Because everything's digital. Uh, You don't fix them anymore. There are people that can. But there's certain things you just replace. However, when you're talking about a multi, many thousands of dollars expense, such as your heating and your cooling systems, they can and they are repaired. You, you will get to a point, and it's what the focus of today's message is, when do you need to replace? And they're going to tell you that. Maybe they tell you, I can get you through one more season, but we're going to have to address this before next season. You're just not going to be able to get through the season. So if it's making noises, check the box. If you notice an odor, that's no good. Maybe time for a new air conditioning system. If you notice you, you go near one of the returns and the air's not cold, you know, that's a, a, um, a warning symptom. If you have higher than normal humidity, if you have a smart remote, a uh, smart thermostat rather, it will tell you the humidity. That's something to keep an eye on. So you may need to replace your air conditioning unit if you notice that there's poor airflow, if you notice that your system is cycling all the time. Cycling on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. You know something's up. And this is another one, even though we know that energy costs are ridiculous right now and rising, If your bills or usage are substantially higher than last year, it makes sense to give my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call. 609-568-0955 because it's going to be a long, hot summer. And if you're experiencing any of the seven signs that I just shared with you, give them a call. Also, remember to ask about state and manufacturer rebates because that can make a big difference and also ask ambient comfort about their financing that's available they can make this so that you're not in a situation where you would have to put out many thousands of dollars up front you could wind up financing this with some very attractive terms that they can work with you on that all right let me conclude today's program on an election note there are primaries in seven states today it's not getting a lot of publicity because obviously the Supreme Court decisions are taking a lot of the oxygen out of the room. And 
what you see is actually um, a lot of the pundits and a lot of the the biased, really Democrat, fake media people, they they don't have any good issues right now. So they want to make you forget about the fact that inflation is terrible, that when you go fill up, you, you feel like you have to leave like two fingers or three, maybe one hand. Uh, you know, here you go. Take my hand. I, I like to keep my if you're right handed, ask them if you can keep your right hand. If you're left handed, please offer up the right one uh, because it's 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 really it's ridiculous. I, I felt blessed. I, I filled up the other day for under $100 uh, only because I had between a quarter and a half a tank or it would have been about $120. It's, it's ridiculous what's going on. So you're going to have a lot of elections and you're going to have a lot of stupid people that have their own political agenda that are going to be telling you what these results mean and the stunning Supreme Court rulings and, and what this has, what impact this has. I, I have a different take on it. There's a dour mood in this country. People want change. Uh, They're going to vote for change. These other things, it's like the attorney that has no facts and they pound the table because they can't pound the facts. Uh, I don't see these as big determining factors. I know some people do. Uh, We'll cover the results first thing tomorrow.